0: All right, wrestling fans, and welcome to the first Raging and Marks Wrestling Podcast of the year 2022. I mean, what a great time to be alive. We made it through another year in this hellscape <laughs> that is a COVID pandemic world that we live in, man. Amazing. Slowly but surely, we're getting through it, man. I was going to say, uh, so... We're, uh, we're not going to talk about any of that nonsense, though. We're here to talk about wrestling like we always do. I'm Ravishing Randy, one of your three hosts. Joined, as always, by my good buddy, my hetero life mate, TNK. What's up, buddy? What's up, up, up? Kirk? Broadcasting live with you guys. And joining us from the snowy, freezing hellscape that is Indianapolis right now, we got Rampage Ramsey. What's going on, buddy?
1: Oh, it's not snowing, but it's cold as hell, though. Yeah, but it is, man.
2: Yeah, man, we're going to get into it, man. This year, uh, we're going to talk about the year that was, 2021. Do like a kind of year-end review, ups and downs, highs and lows from the big production uh, promotions. Good way
0: to start the new year by going back over the previous year and seeing what uh, both companies did well, yeah. Uh, where they really fucked up, yeah. where maybe there's some good things in the works that just need a little bit of improvement. So, I mean, we'll talk about the highs and the lows of both, and uh, we'll maybe throw in a few other uh, promotions <laughs> touch a little bit on some of the things that kind of transpired over the course of the year. Uh, Ramsey, anything you want to kind of throw in or any two cents before we dive into
1: WWE? Oh, no. Let's just get right into it. Okay. (laughs)
0: Let's do it. Let's talk about the biggest takeaway we got for WWE. Just one of the biggest negatives. I mean, just like a huge strike. I mean, what was the main overarching theme of WWE in 2021? It felt like Especially from April through the end of the year, every other week, we were talking about yet another released wrestler or a a slew of wrestlers getting released. Um, That that seemed to be the biggest takeaway from 2021. Over 80 wrestlers getting released by the company over the course of the year. Just Think, Think about that number.
2: 80 wrestlers. That's a whole promotion or multiple promotions of wrestlers in some instances that were released from WWE.
0: And, and granted, a portion of that is course correction from correct. you know, right when AEW first started and WWE basically trying to acquire all the talent. Oh, 100%. Just yeah. that Tony Khan and AEW couldn't have them. So granted, you had a, a number of wrestlers that were in that list that you know probably were on borrowed time. And you know WWE was like, all right, we got to course correct and cut. But a lot of very talented names on that list. I mean, like you had former main eventers, I was gonna like say, recent main eventers. Yes, two WWE champions. So, I mean, you
2: had Braun Strowman, and the biggest one, you had Bray Wyatt. Like, mm-hmm. I was so shocked about the Bray Wyatt one more than really anything this year. Uh, and then the other big takeaway was like, you know, FU Triple H, whatever happened in NXT, the black and gold brand. Doesn't really count anymore because there is no NXT black and gold brand. So, all those wrestlers that you loved watching that that brand that can't, got called up to the roster that we didn't know what to do with, eh, we'll just, you know, cut them loose. And that's mainly what I think most of the wrestlers
0: were. It's like NXT was the glorified indies, so to speak, or like yeah. the king of indies. It was Ring of Honor and then it became NXT. It was like Ring of Honor, WWE's version of it, essentially. Yeah. But I mean, it was very popular. It was over with the fans. Yeah. And then, like a lot of those. A lot of those stars that were—they made their name in the indie scene and then got introduced to a new audience with NXT and got over big. Then go to the main roster and Vince McMahon has no idea what the fuck to do with them. Literally nothing. He has no clue what to do with them. They just did to be
2: like, "Oh, here's a new superstar. We're gonna promote, premiere him this week, and then by the next week, you don't have no idea what to do with them, and they'll just sit at the wayside, and you'll never see him ever." again.
0: I was gonna say, Ramsey. I know you're really big into NXT. Um, was yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I mean I, I guess kind of to give your uh, give your two cents on um kind of like like one like some of those released superstars you know that were on that list, but then also just the devaluation well, of sure, NXT.
2: you could, you could literally consider this another down like the death of the nXt one bracken gold brand which ramsey was really bigger fan of
1: that than both of us uh yeah I, I believe that um, yeah. See, I think you said, like I said, Braun Strowman and Bray Wyatt was the most surprise releases. To me, it's Karen Cross and some of the releases that they were doing on the Black and Gold brand because they built them up. You know, Triple H had everything to build them up. To had everything, entrance, everything, and they just once again just shit the shit the bed again. The Karen, and
2: Yeah, like with Karen Cross. Like yeah. to me, yeah, Karen Cross was a big one. But to me, like. Keith Lee like you promoted him to premiere on Raw the night after SummerSlam he just had both the North American Championship and the NXT Championship when he beat Adam Cole and then you literally put him over at the next pay-per-view against Brandy Orton beat him clean and you don't see him ever again really essentially he just kind of fades away I know COVID kind of had something to do with it he did get sick but like come on man that was a big, really big one for me. Well,
0: then they did the whole well, rebranding of him as Bearcat Lee, and you thought, okay, they're going to do something with him, and then they really didn't do anything did with, it. with him, yeah, so.
1: but it. But it's like that it, um, the thing also too is like look who they brought up and look who they released this year: Malachi Black, Karen Cross. Those two had the everything for them <laughs> was set, ready made, ready for them to go. Kelly, they both had the best uh, great entrances, everything, music, everything was set for them to be successful as on TV. And they, they both, they should, they shoot the bed on both of them. Uh, to me, I think even with the, the release of the 80 wrestlers, I still think giving, getting Triple H out of NXT and Vince taking over NXT. I think that's kind of the biggest news because now you're just saying that the future of WWE does not include Triple H or any of his visions that he has in the future because the wrestling was better in NXT, everything was better in NXT, and then
0: storylines, story just, just everything, everything better.
1: And and now if you go look at NXT, now you have them force feeding you just like how Vince does force feeding you a, a wrestler, and then keep forth feeding you. You know uh what's his name? Um, Rick Steiner's son. Oh, Braun Breaker. There. Braun Breaker. They keep they keep forcing him. He's like oh yeah, he loses. All right, oh, he's gonna be back in again. It's like all right, this is we're getting the same crap we get Monday and Fridays. You know, it's not the hardcore fans are not there no more. No man, and it's I'm not all there. All
2: and I'm fine with them doing a true developmental because they really do need to push younger talent. But I really feel that never just kind of negating what NXT was by the time those guys made it to the top brand. They just felt like think about it, like ever since what, 2015, like all those main call ups, not many of them really, you know, you get Finn Balor, Kevin Owens. Those are really, I mean, like the I mean, two...
0: you, you OK, you have Finn Balor. And yes, it was a big deal when he won. The Universal title, and he was yeah. the first Universal champion. But then when he had to give up the belt the next night, ever since he's come back, what has he really done? I mean, aside from he's had a couple of runs with like the Intercontinental belt, yeah. Outside of that, though, what, what else has he Maybe really t- done tried for a title here and there? But he doesn't really, he win became it. a bigger name when he went back to NXT, true, and won he the NXT Prince. belt, yeah, yeah, and, and ran with it. Then he gets called back up to the main roster, and yet again. What are we really doing with him right now? I will admit this. I'm glad like his biggest claim to fame since he got called back up was he had his title match at SummerSlam stolen from him by John Cena. Huh. And then and then when he wrestled Roman Reigns, they did the bullshit thing where the lights top went red, yeah, the top randomly... turnbuckle popped off and he fell and
2: Look, Cost in the match. At like, least I'm not having my heart broken anymore by seeing wrestlers. I invested my time with in NXT to make it to the main roster, and then just like, hey, you love this guy in NXT. He was a huge star. Well, guess what? We ain't gonna do shit with him anymore. And once he makes the main roster, that I was
0: sick and tired of seeing. Him.
2: And I feel for those wrestlers, but.
0: Shoot. I mean, you you kind of touched on um, Bray Wyatt when we were talking about the you know one of the big marquee names that was on that list. Of he was the wrestlers. biggest name to me. Let's just talk about even before he was released, just everything that happened with Bray. How about that WrestleMania match against Randy Orton? You know, there was this big buildup from the beginning of the year when like Orton burned him and took him out. And then there was the buildup of him coming back at Mania and like this whole partnership with Alexa bliss and like seeing where this goes only for him to lose in like eight minutes and the whole Alexa bliss bleeding black goo from her forehead and all just the way that whole thing went down was crap that he was off TV for forever. And then he ends up getting cut and we have no, um, we we, we don't get to see what, like if if there was anything that was being built up, we have no idea where it was going to go. We have no idea, you know, how the storyline could have progressed or anything like that. It literally was just, we shit the bed with Bray Wyatt at WrestleMania again. Again. And then he's unserious, uh, so unceremonious. What does that leave a Melissa's
2: character, she's been on TV for a long time. We never got closer to the storyline. Bray Wyatt gets or, released.
0: Or better yet, they just took Bray Wyatt's gimmick and just fucking slapped him on Alexa, it. Alexa, Alexa, Alexa just gave it of
2: boom, all right. Yeah, so... They don't really know what they're doing, and I don't know. I, I, I agree with you. They're all here saying, oh, he wasn't easy to get along with, or blah, blah, blah. It's like, I, I don't think they knew what they to do, and they were just like, yeah, we'll just get rid of him. But it, was, it makes sense because he was your one of your top merchandise sellers. He was the top merchandise mover
0: at the
1: time. Yeah,
2: and you still release them. So, all right, WWE, you don't like money? All right, whatever.
1: So, But, hey, they, but, but the WWE fired his entire family.
2: Oh, that's right. Yeah, got rid of Bo Dallas. Uh, his uh, girlfriend, uh, JoJo. Yeah, his,
1: dad, his dad was a was an agent. They've they oh, they got Jojo. rid of. They, yeah. got, they got rid. of all the Rotundas. That, yeah. that was gone. are okay. gone. No, everybody. The only person's left is Liv Morgan.
2: Well, she's dating Gabriel yeah, Dallas, so they're not married. Yeah. So they're definitely not family. But we'll see.
1: Neither was uh your girl with her. Oh, uh, yeah the yeah. kid with her, but yeah they weren't married.
0: Yeah,
2: but, but God, they too. got rid of you want to, uh, let's get, well, sh- I was going to
0: say like, Move cause on. we, we kind of touched on the beginning of the year too. There was actually, a, I know we've been shitting on WWE now for about 10 minutes, yeah, but I want to completely, yeah, it. no, no, no. Like there, there, there are some positive things too. I mean, let's look at the Royal rumble. Um, that was a very successful pay-per-view. Um, you, both of the rumble matches, the men's and the women's was very good. And just like, at least in my opinion, I feel like they got the winners right at that moment. one of the rare times actually did. you know, you had Bianca Belair
2: winning the women's Royal Rumble, which was huge to me. That was a very big, big deal. That was the right
0: decision. That was that. that was an NXT call up that I think some of us were very worried about. Okay, how is WWE? She wasn't an NXT champion, up? so you were. I was wasn't curious an NXT that. champion, but I mean, when you look at her athleticism, her in-ring ability, charisma, everything, mm-hmm. like she's definitely got the goods. oh
2: yeah 100%. and like
0: definitely worth a push. It's kind of surprised that she debuted on the main roster as a baby face mm-hmm. and that's how they pretty much kept her for this entire run. but she's pulled it off. I didn't think it would work. it has. and look, her run from the rumble all the way to mania, like again, if we look at both nights of WrestleMania, the fact that this is the first time we've had the two night um WrestleMania with fans. Yes. We we got we got it last year because of COVID and, and logistics and making it work. And but the man, fact that we By the way, I love that idea. I do. So it, yeah, because WrestleMania does not need to be nine hours long. Yes. Good God. Having
2: been somebody who sat there for seven and a half hours, I don't want to do that again.
0: Yeah, no, no, no. Uh, I love I love the two-night concept. And with fans there in attendance, it, it's been proven it works. But, like, your main events for both nights of Mania, so very strong. Should, they can technically say you have two main events of WrestleMania, which I don't know
2: if that's a cop-out or not, but it's nice to say you had two African-American women showcase your first night of WrestleMania. That was a really cool way to do it. And then you had Bianca go over, which, my God, Sasha Banks that whip with her hair, like... <sighs> Damn, that was crazy,
0: but uh, they did the right to call, and it was a great way to end out night one for WrestleMania. Yeah, and then look at night two, which, granted, it started with the Bray Wyatt match that we just shadowed. on. I thought it was night one. Okay,
2: yeah. That's right. It was. But
0: the way it ended with that triple threat match with Daniel Bryan, and I can call him Daniel Bryan. I was going to say, what is WWE? WWE? I get confused, too, to this day. Yeah, but no, in fact, it had Daniel Bryan, Edge, and Roman Reigns in that three-way match. Good Lord, was that a clinic? That was a... Hell of oh, a good fun match. match. Like um I know I know Ramsey wasn't overly pleased with the outcome of that, Me but, either, but yeah. No, like legit it made Roman look strong. Every man got their spot. And this was a quintessential moment that we'll probably touch on a little bit later, especially when we talk about AEW, but this triple threat match you could have legit booked it three different ways, and it would have been the right outcome every time. Well, I mean,
2: it was supposed to be Edge and Roman, so that add uh, Daniel Bryan was not was a good, great call because I gave that match an extra special feel to it. It's because uh, Daniel Bryan was the, a babyface at the time, and you kind of needed it,
0: or you didn't really need it, but it added to the match. Edge was the tweener because, yeah. like, he came back as a babyface, but now that Daniel Bryan is, like, you know, stealing his spotlight, stealing his thunder, he... Had some heelish tendencies, but he was still a face. That's like it. he was a nice little tweener. And then you had the the strong dead-on heel in Roman. But I mean, legit, any one of those three men could have come out of that match the winner. That's what I'll agree with you on. It yeah. would have been the right call. Oh, 100%. Like that was what made that match so good. The stakes were there, and you legit had no idea how it could end out.
2: Huh.
0: And you don't see that too often in WWE. They need more of that. I would say that's probably, to go back to the downs, that's probably another huge down is, as far as match quality goes, match quality is pretty good for the most part. It's the finish of the matches that just leave a sour taste in your mouth. So many um, distraction finishes, disqualifications, surprise roll-ups. When's the last time you've watched a Raw or SmackDown or a pay per view? And out of like 10 matches on the car, we'll just say 10 matches, you've maybe had five of them that actually had a clean finish. Dude, I, look,
2: that's kind of the running theme on like social media and like behind the scenes other shows that they talk about. The WWE is known for doing that. It comes to a point where it's like it's so overdone that you know other news networks does countdowns on how many times you have a disqualification or surprise roll up because it really is ridiculous. It's getting to a point where it's like you're 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 basically calling your fans stupid. Like we're paying this money, you don't have to give me a, a finish, give me something entertaining, but at least I want a damn conclusion. I don't want the same fucking thing happening week in week out, and that really tends to happen
0: a lot. I mean. It, yeah, the fact that you have to have a counter for some of these things, and counter goes over a hundred in some instances, dude, it's pretty crazy. Man. Of year, yeah. It's bad. It, it, it's bad. I, again, I don't, I don't want to like steal AEW's Thunder or whatever like that, but you don't see those screwy finishes too often on the other, on the Luckily other you brand. Don't. You know, you get definitive winners and losers, and those stakes carry over week in week out. Yeah, it may not be your night this week, but you'll maybe be back in the running down the road.
2: Yeah, I know. No. But
0: again, it goes back to the 50-50
1: booking. I'm sick I was just
2: going I was literally just going to bring a 50-50 booking. I'm sick and tired of that bullshit. That needs to go
0: way by the way the wayside. I know you want to keep guys strong, but hey man, there's other ways to do it. Or better yet, you don't need the same people wrestling every single week Thank you. on TV. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm sick and tired of seeing the same guys week in, week out,
2: every every week.
0: Granted, I'm also not saying it, it like, it'd be a Brock Lesnar situation where we see him for two or three weeks and then we don't see him for two or three months. But, I mean, again, I don't need to see Roman Reigns wrestle every week. I think nope. they've kind of done it. The right way, at least with Roman. He's there, year. but he's not
2: wrestling. He
0: brings that presence,
2: but he's not wrestling week in, week out. And I love that. Yeah, I mean, I
0: know I know. I touched on Brock Lesnar. and So, Ramsey, uh, I'm kind of surprised you didn't want to pipe in there with uh, me knocking on uh, Brock Lesnar coming and going as he pleases.
1: He should. He has the right. He has all the rights to do so. He is the only person that deserves that right because he is a title fighter no one else has that right no one's decorated like him so he has the right he is the money maker he's the draw you don't have to have him on every Monday night because that, now you have to now get other people trying to say hey, now you need to show up and if you want to be the next big thing you need to, to step up where Brock Lesnar is he's, he's the man he is the man, you know, that's he's the only person with legit that's that says, hey, like, I don't have to show up and I'm people still going to tune in because maybe he does show up like tonight. He wasn't supposed to show up on Raw tonight after uh, day one, but he did. So you never know when he's going to do it. That's one, two. What he gonna hey, like, he's going to do. If there's any if there's any big
0: up. That that I was gonna talk I was I gonna, talk, I was gonna touch upon this. I was about. just say, The fact that we got Farmer Brock this year, I mean dude, the, the, the overalls, the the friggin' ponytail, everything. Well that was that was a cool look. I'm not gonna lie, that was a pretty well, cool That thing. was it up
2: for me as well, man, because SummerSlam when it was actually okay, so WrestleMania was the first uh, event in front of a live audience since COVID, which was look, the fact that we got fans back Yeah. At WD, it, I was going to say God, that was a big said, up. That was a
0: massive. Yeah, they waited.
2: Up. I think after WrestleMania, I think it was about Money in the Bank was like the next pay per view that they had in front of fans. Mm-hmm. But for me, like I was going to bring as it up for me personally, SummerSlam. At Reliant, uh, the the, Alliance the, stadium. the Reliant Stadium, the Las Vegas Raiders football stadium, right. with fifty thousand people, I think. it's... Uh, Alliant? Alliant? yeah, I think it's yeah, yeah. Alliant, yeah. But yeah, fifty thousand people, and it had that really <laughs> big stadium feel for an event at SummerSlam, and it made SummerSlam so much. It felt really important,
0: which all the matches I actually watched all the SummerSlam. The fact that they gave it more of like a Royal Rumble feel, or like exactly. What done with the Rumble they kind of the changed up years. the the
2: entrance and way and everything. Yeah, and then you had uh, okay, so. I I want to keep it on WWE, but I want to say what AEW did the week or two before, WWE felt they needed to respond to it. Mm -hmm. So, at SummerSlam, you had the return of Becky Lynch, which we weren't sure about, which was a big
0: thing, and that wasn't up for me. Now, what happens after that? So, one of the big ups, like I said, at least the first half of the year, Bianca's build and run as champ. One of the biggest downs of the year. SummerSlam, Becky returns. Awesome, squashes Bianca in eight seconds. It, I
2: get putting the belt back on Becky because she was in, a, she was like your biggest star before she left. But I really, I know
0: to the detriment of Bianca, it was kind of messed up. Yeah. But but like she hasn't been the same since. I, I mean, like again, we we elevate her and now. She's there. Yeah. She's treading water right now, and I don't like seeing that. Going to Becky though. I get maybe she wanted to come back as a heel and do something different. The fans don't accept her as a heel. You don't make a return.
2: Like, I don't care if you were a heel when you left. When you come back, even if you were a heel, the fans always cheer you and pop you. Think about like Triple H when he came back from the quad injury. He was kind of over. Even Seth Rollins when he came back from his knee injury. He was kind of a face. They were both bad guys when they got hurt. Same thing with Becky. She was a good guy, and she comes back, and she's trying to be a heel, and it's like, it just doesn't work that way it's just not gonna work i'm sorry we're gonna
1: I love you well maybe because her husband's a heel and you're gonna be together you can't have a heel and, and a face married but have, you know? but have they but have
0: they but but again that works if maybe you portray that on air they they don't I mean, you you maybe every once in a while get a brief reference to the fact that they're an item, they're married, they have a kid, but I mean, you don't really see their whole dynamic on
1: TV. No, they don't. I think it's just, I think it's just more still like how, how the wrestling world still sees their their heels and faces. They still can interact. You know, that's what I think. Maybe, but two is like Becky Lynch is going is in that era, is in that aura of Stone Cold. You can want her to be a heel. She could be one a heel, but she's not a heel. She's but, great,
0: but even but even a lot of even a lot of the stuff
1: that, that she's, she's done has it really well. Yeah, but even a lot of the stuff that
0: she's done in this heel character, it doesn't come off as overly heelish. No. Like when she comes out, yes, yeah, she throws a few insults out there, but it's not really healy. It's not like she's assaulting people backstage a lot or just. To me, it's been a very lackluster heel run. I agree. I think so. I'm happy to see her back, but yeah. I mean, yeah. No, oh no, I'm happy to see her back, and and she's a hell of a wrestler. She's a hell of a hand, but I just I don't feel like the heel gimmick has worked. No, it's not. You you, you again. You haven't given me a legit reason to boo her. Or yeah, because like when she when she left, she
2: was so over as the champion, and she never lost the championships. So when she returned, she's like, I'm just going to be a heel,
1: just out of the blue. Okay. Um, she yeah. Uh, she was always a heel. She, she was remember, in the gray area, kind of. Remember oh, when she was the man. Oh, she when turned demanded. on Charlotte at
2: SummerSlam, you're right.
1: Heel, yeah. but the crowd did not accept her as a heel. The crowd's not accepting a heel now. Yeah, and they love she her. She was always a heel, technically a heel, but she was over where the heel. It's it's back to that, like in the mid 90s, where heels were over and baby faces were not, you know? She, there's those couple of people that can be heels and still be over. She's a heel, but over. But she's she's not always even, like again, to me, she's not even a cool heel. I
0: it just, it, she's not a cool heel. It, it, there, there isn't even that element of like, I know this person is bad, but it, it's like a cool bad. Like when Dolph Ziggler was a heel and it was supposed to boo him, like I'm cheering him because like at the end of the day, he's still a cool heel. Like I can oh, right. Or like Chris Jericho when he was the best. Yeah in the world. Okay. Go ahead,
1: Randall. Hold on. Hold on. So Britt Baker is a face or a heel? She's a heel.
0: But she does a lot more she heelish is. tendency things that she's can garner lead. her legit booze, but people are still gonna cheer her. Yeah she has her uh, you know she has her running crew Rebbe- not Rebel. Reba, not Rebel. Reba, or, Thank you. I was going to Reba, not Rebel. Completely. she got Jamie Hayter. Jamie hater. yes. I mean, she's got goons. Does she need them? No, but she's got them there. Speaking of which, she threw a shout out to uh, Tony Storm. So,
2: you know, we, we, hopefully. But I don't know. I don't just blanket it on that. But yeah, the touch up on your ups, though. The uh, SummerSlam main event with uh, Roman Reigns and John Cena, which was cool to mm-hmm. see that main event, SummerSlam. That gave you the return of Brock Lesnar, who had been gone since WrestleMania 36. And we got Farmer Brock. That's right. So I'm cool with Farmer Brock man. No, the
1: the amazing thing about that was that was a secret. And it was yeah. kept a secret.
2: That was a secret, yeah. I think they just, just literally flew him out the night before. They were like, shit, AEW did this big surprise. We got to do something. Becky's one big surprise, but we got to up the ante. And I think they just like, Mr. Mann's like, I will personally fly my plane to South Dakota or Canada, wherever he's staying at. And your your ass is coming to uh, Las Vegas.
1: Yeah, but see, the thing, too, is this is, you got to look at it. Becky's been, was was on the, was on the, um, on people's tongues that she's coming back soon.
2: Yeah, she kept trying yeah.
1: There was nothing about Brock coming back. There was no, no rumor, no, you know, nothing, no feeler. It just came out the blue. It was like, wow, because I was like watching, I was like, Oh crap! He came like Brock is back. It's like it's an amazing, it was an amazing thing because no one heard anything. You heard CM Punk was coming to AEW. You just knew, you, you knew it. You knew. Right, it really oh, we're about, that. that about the, the, over, yeah.
0: the worst kept secret,
1: but yeah, like, yeah. but Brock was the best kept secret. And to me, that was like the freshest thing that any of the promotions done is because no one knew about it. Came left field, and it's now we're in the Dude, the WWE's-
2: you know, to give them props, they had to respond to that, and I think they did a good job by keeping that under wraps in today's day and age of inundated with social media and internet spoilers. That was actually a pretty cool kept secret.
1: Yeah, now you got to acknowledge the real champion.
2: Yeah, love that man. <laughs> uh, I was looking at your list of ups and downs. Anything that we hadn't already touched on, or want to kind of touch well, on? Yeah,
0: you know what's interesting is we—it's—it's it's almost comical in a sense. We—we we shit on. Crown Jewel, right? Just, just the, the the whole deal with going to Saudi Arabia, the blood money that's involved. It's usually a very subpar uh, pay per view event. Whatever this year is actually really good. It's probably one of WWE's better pay per views. Like one, of, I'd say probably one of their top three pay per view events of the year. If we're being realistic about it, I mean it's actually a good card. We got the return of the King of the Ring. At Crown Jewel, so that was yet another to me a positive. Well, they got the, they actually got the winner
2: right this time with Xavier Woods. I love that they listened to the fans. I really was
0: happy for that. And then you also had the you know the Queen of the Ring. Yeah, the, the fact that we we got that 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 was good to see the the women's representation there. The Queen's Crown. I was very surprised that Zelina Vega won it. Dude, I was shocked. I'm super happy, especially Dude, with the to... way that they booked her once they brought her back. Yeah, I and know. then. But again, like since then, has she done a ton? I mean, she's kind of, sort of a tag I team mean, they, with Carmella. They, she's
2: a tag team champion with Carmella, but they're yeah. really, you know, we'll see. But at least she got a she got a championship and she's got a crown. So yeah,
0: no, so positives there.
2: Um, Randy, so you you're kind of like yeah? With
0: her? <laughs>
2: yeah. I know he's not a big Carmella fan, but
0: yeah, no, no, he's not a big Zelina Vega fan either. So. I like them both, and I'm happy. I'm I, that's a positive for me. But um let's actually talk about, I know we like touched on storylines a little bit. It's great that Austin Theory is sort of getting a push right now. The fact that they paired him up with Vince McMahon, the fact that they're taking kind of a young star and being like, all right, we're going to put a good bit of focus on you on Raw, kind of get you out there, see if we can like build you up. You're in a sense like a McMahon chosen one. The downside of that is that we got like the, the rock's whole golden egg storyline so and that just like some of these segments that they've done the last few weeks i don't think have really hit the mark it's like if anything they're entertaining just for how bizarre they are and it's like i don't think this makes sense but eh.
2: let me talk about a young upcoming star man he's really young he's like maybe 24 maybe and then he's got a He's got the athleticism. He's got a decent look, and putting that little rub from McMahon being kind of like, "Hey, man, you're the next guy. I'm, you know, I'm pushing," or that, that kind of gives you hope. But you know, we don't know because I haven't really seen much of personality. The gimmick he's doing, some people are like, "Oh, he's just stealing Tyler Breeze NXT." You know, the prince pretty, yeah. You know, so well, we'll see. But I think it works more with his on the main roster, beating people up and then taking himself. Yeah. As opposed to constantly taking selfies.
0: I mean, a, a couple of quick hits. Um, you know, I mean, Edge's return, I think, has been really good. Just uh, Oh, I
2: was just going to touch on that. Every,
0: every match that he's had Dude, that has match been pretty some good quality. quality. With
2: uh, Seth Rollins was one of my favorite matches of the year, man. Yeah, he
0: has, he's been on great matches. Hell in a Cell match was a banger. Yeah. At, uh, at Crown no, Jewel. Yeah. yeah, so, I mean, like, yeah, what you got?
1: So, Edge, this year... Lowest match rating was a 425. That's his lowest. Wow. That was his lowest last year. And that was, he had one, two, three, one, two, three, four matches at four two five, one one at 445, and one at 475. And that the 475 was the hell in the cell with Seth Rollins.
0: Okay. Yeah. No, nah, I mean, like, Granted, it's not like he's wrestling 20 matches or anything like that. But every time we have seen Edge, it's been meaningful. and the... That's the way it
2: should be. From, yeah. You're having a guy who's a Hall of Famer, mind you, mm-hmm. coming back. And not a full-timer, but sporadically, like those guys should do. He's putting still putting on banger matches. Says a lot.
0: Um, I love the pairing of Randy Orton and Riddle. Uh, that has Arcane actually been a bro.
2: pleasant surprise for 2021.
0: Yeah. I, di- I didn't think it was gonna work in the early stages, but like every little goofy fucking thing that Riddle does to kind of get under Orton's skin, it, it's just it's laughable. I just think, the, like I said, the whole pairing is so well, oddball, yeah, like unfamiliar
2: works. bedfellows. Like they had a whole thing on Countdown about that. Like you remember Team Hell No with Kane and Daniel Bryan yeah. being a tag team? Like these guys have <laughs> nothing in common, but yet their dichotomy works for some weird reason. It's kind of like with Randy Orton being
0: super serious, and then you got Riddle, who's just kind of like this. See, like, <clears throat> I know we put this team together to eventually break them up because that's that's the lifespan. Keeping... That, that, that's the life cycle of all WWE tag teams. <laughs> but I will say this. Everybody is expecting for it to be Randy Orton that finally, like, checks out is like, fuck this. I'm out. Gives him an RKO. That's the end of it. And this leads to a, a Riddle heel turn and he's the one that puts the the screws to Randy Orton. I think that would be a very fun so, I, dynamic to see. I hate seeing Randy Orton in 2022.
2: A baby face, but I would love to see that be the way it does. That would be the perfect way. If
0: it's it like one of those things that Randy Orton rubs off on Riddle too much to the point where Riddle's the one that all of a sudden like has a serious turn or whatever like that. Can that I could t- be an interesting way to Can take Can I take his there. character as a heel with him just being like this goofy stoner? That's, That's what up. I'm saying. If it leads to a character
1: change, yeah, that they change his
0: character. Yeah,
1: I would like to see them like make a where Randy Orton just goes, just goes riddle and be like, "Look, we need to change up. We need to do something different. I need you to to learn my way mm-hmm. and show him mm-hmm. the Viper and show him the the real Randy Orton and then." Groom him into being a heel, and you see it every week. That what I would like to see. Yeah,
0: no, and it'd be fun. And then again, when he eventually turns on Orton, that, that would make for an interesting Perfect. thing. Yeah. Not necessarily saying you need to make Orton a baby face at the end of that interaction. Maybe in the course of that feud, perhaps.
2: Yeah, perhaps I mean, that feud. Yeah,
0: Orton is best as a heel, and don't stop trying to make him a face because every time they do it, it doesn't it work. Just, doesn't just stop. Work, yeah. Just stop. Um. <sighs> You know, one of the things that we haven't talked about, and this goes back to like WrestleMania backlash, but just yeah. fucking zombies. Oh, dude, that was that—that <laughs> uh, that had to be one of the worst. Just worst matches, worst worst segments, everything. Just if we're supposed to believe this whole kayfabe thing, and we're in a world of WWE where zombies exist, okay. Was Miz not bitten by a zombie? <laughs> yeah. And then we didn't see Miz on TV I for a really few weeks? Kind of, How the fuck did he not come back as a zombie? I think I Where's the that. continuity there, WWE?
2: I think I kind of just pushed that itch out of my brain. Because I was watching QuizzleMania the other day when they all said the worst thing in 2020, or like, Or the worst match, they're all like zombies. I was like, oh yeah, that's right, that happened.
0: I just pushed that out of my mind. I was like, yeah, I don't want to talk about that. I'm going to say, the fact that you brought up QuizzleMania and the fact that it goes to show me you've been watching QuizzleMania. Mania I I'm happy I got it's you on a Good that,
2: show, man. <laughs> I, I like kudos <laughs> to them. It's a it's a fun watch, man. It's
0: interesting.
1: I think the, the I think the worst I think the worst thing besides the zombies is the worst. The egg is the second worst. The third worst is you are uh, there's a pro wrestler that got outshined by a rapper. Priest. Damian Priest. But he was banged
2: up though. I'll oh, give him that. I a bad Bunny
1: and. Bad- <laughs> I don't give a shit. You, you, who's not banged up?
2: He had a legit back injury. He's a big guy. And I think they wanted to make big, big... Think about it. You, you do WrestleMania and you bring in a supposed celebrity, which is Bad Bunny. Let him be the guy that... He put in the work. It's, it's one thing... Let him spotlight him, like, him spotlight. It's, it's one thing for, to let him have a moment no. in the match.
0: It's another thing to let him carry the match
2: for your team. All right. You know what? I, I agree with you. You know what? I... I re, to retract my statement, you are right on that one. Yes, you are right,
1: Kurt. Kurt since Damian Priest has been in WWE, NXT, and in on the on the main roster, he has not put on a great match. No, he really hasn't. And you got upstaged by by a rapper, and then you, now they put their money in the basket form as a U.S. champion. And I'm sorry, I I still disagree that he's ready for it. Because he has not put on good matches. It's been bleh. And I'm sorry that that, when I think about Damian Priest forever, forever, ever, 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 Bad Bunny is a better wrestler than Damian Priest. Just You know, like, honestly,
0: when I look at Damian Priest, my reaction is. Well, I mean, I thought yeah, he's, exactly. not, he's not hes not a needle mover for me. Because, like, okay, y'all might be thinking about his WWE run, get his NXT,
2: and then what he did in Ring of Honor, his Punisher Martinez. He's very athletic for his size, but y'all don't realize he's much older. He's in, like, his late 30s, and I'm, I'm glad that they're giving him a run now with what
0: he's done in his prior you got, career. You got but- other wrestlers that are in their late 30s. Go ahead. That Go ahead. Right. I, know, yeah. I know.
1: Go ahead. How old is AJ Styles? He's 43. 40, Case closed. 43.
2: 40, Case so closed. 40,
1: 40, 40. Next.
2: Yeah, exactly. So, okay, but case closed. I, th- I was actually happy to see Damian Priest win the United States Championship at SummerSlam. It was a good match with Sheamus. But yeah, they haven't done anything. It was—I mean, soon. it was the right
0: call at the time to like. It, it, to me, that was kind of a sink or swim. But moment. dude, I could add that as a and, down
2: right now. Now we're talking about WWE. Fucking Shinsuke Nakamura has been your intercontinental champion. When has he ever defended a title? So that, to me, is a down. Like, it's like when uh, Dane Ambrose had the U.S. belt when he was with the Shield, he held the belt for, like, over a year, and I think he defended it maybe two times or something. So that, to me, is a down. Those belts need to have meaning, and they don't give You know, all time. right,
0: all right, you brought that up. That that uh, That's actually a good segue to, look, if there's anybody that's been low-key, most improved – Go ahead, and to say to it, man. Because I know exactly what you're gonna say, and I agree with you. I'll say Baron Corbin. Oh, okay. I wasn't gonna live, but No, yeah, no, no, right. no, 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 no. But hear me out, okay? He's he had been one of the most boring heels, you know. Very, you know, whatever. When he lost to when he lost the King gimmick to Shinsuke Nakamura, yeah. and he was down on his luck. Down on his luck, Baron Corbin
2: was entertaining.
0: We got that for like a month and a half, where his situation just kept getting worse and worse. He lost his house, he lost his car, he lost his girl, he lost everything, and like just he kept looking more and more disheveled. The fact that he grew his hair out,
1: hair out, yeah, you know I mean, like the like, mustard
0: and, stains on his nice shirt. I mean, <laughs> just... that was like some of the best character work I've seen from Baron Corbin. Period, and. When he ended up hitting it big in Vegas, I felt like it was way too soon to do the turn. But, I mean, again, if if you're going to turn your luck in the blink of an eye, you do it in Vegas. I mean, I I guess it made sense at the moment. And I do feel like the happy Corbin, while I don't like the name, I hate the name. But, like, as far as that gimmick, I felt like that worked maybe the first few weeks. It is kind of getting a little stale, a little boring now. Yeah. Just to me. But, God, that stretch where he was down on his luck, Corbin. Like I said, that was – that was some of the most compelling storytelling that WWE has had this year. No, I th- okay, no, I agree
2: with you on that one. With the one, Badon is like, I thought you were gonna, I thought you gonna hit me with his uh, Sami Zayn, man, right? because I thought this last month with Sami Zayn's been doing, yes. I've really been, I dig in that, and I'm really been a fan of seeing Zayn, his personality. I love when Brock was without, you know, just like messing <laughs> with Sami Zayn, and then you kind of beat him up, but he was kind of like, yeah, I got your back, man. Don't worry about it. You're good. <laughs> And then, you know, same as he just won the 12-man whatever gauntlet match where he's going to mm-hmm. fight Natsuki Nakamura. So, you know.
1: So, let me ask you guys. We'll, we'll, we'll start wrapping up WWE. Yeah, we're I got, I got
0: one more thing, but no, go ahead, Ramsey. Go for it. Go for it. Yeah, I'm done. <laughs>
1: well, no, just just to me,
0: the highest of highs and then just a low point, like Big E winning, cashing in money. Yeah, we didn't talk bank. about
2: that yet. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, no, no, no. Sure. I mean,
0: Big E cashing in. Money in the bank, beating Bobby Lashley, which, by the way, real quick, another jumping off point, and then go back. Bobby Lashley, they did a good job rehabbing him this year. Yeah. With the almighty gimmick, him being a monster, taking the belt off of, uh, Mm -hmm. like, when he won it off of Miz without beating Drew McIntyre directly, but then beating Drew at WrestleMania, that was huge. That was big. Okay. And then giving him a good long run with the belt. I mean, like, they did a lot to rehab him and make him a viable main event contender again. Just the fact that up until he was inserted in the Fatal 4-Way for day one, it was a triple threat match, then he just comes out and fucking destroys everybody on Raw. Just destroys them all. And stakes his claim, I need to be in this match. It's viable. It's believable. I was on board. Like, to me, Bobby Lashley was one of the more boring, I don't know, Face characters.
2: Lashley up for the year
0: because I really dug what they did with Lashley. Yeah, no, they completely rehabbed him for the better. And now that the fact that they're maybe teasing a face turn, I can get on board with that because I feel like if they just let him be a fucking badass but as a face, it could work.
2: But to your point, which you're touching on, I'll I'll be brief. If you want to touch on Big E,
0: yeah, no, Big E, highest of highs, cashing in. And then just his run in general with the belt, though. Since
2: they tried. I mean, they, they gave him the belt because it was a ratings push. Because they always do that when Monday Night, uh, I mean, Monday Night Football comes back on TV, they want to kind of keep up with the ratings. So they did that initially to kind of boost the ratings for a Monday Night Raw. Big E won the belt, super happy for him. Didn't really do much with him. They did a steel cage match where he beat Lashley, but again, they still didn't really do much with Big E. I don't know if that's the WWE's fault, or if that's just kind of the fans are kind of like, look, we love Big E, but can we really take this guy serious with all his shenanigans and stuff he's done in the year? You know what I mean? Look, I like, I like
0: Big E. I really do Roman, like him. Roman winning clean at Survivor Series. Crap. Um, uh, Big E taking the pin in that fatal five-way, and I know that we're I know, technically 2022, but, yeah. but him taking the pin clean from Brock. Crap. Just to me, it just but I will give it that high we point, big point. We're pushing him for a good chunk of the year. Yeah. Potentially to be the one to take the belt off of Roman, mind you, possibly. When he
2: was on SmackDown, yes. Yeah.
0: But then, you know, he takes it off of Lashley, and we're thinking, okay, like, let's let's give him time to shine. To me, he's a more legitimate champion, if you really think about it, versus Kofi Kingston, as far as, like, the big man landscape, whatever. But I feel like even Kofi's title reign was more legitimate than when Big E's was. Look, I'm not dun nah,
1: dun dun nah. so. Bobby Lashley will face Brock Lesnar at Royal Rumble. Boom, I'd say shocking. I knew that was
2: going to happen. I knew they were going to push it to Rumble because technically Lashley – I think Lesnar is still part of the SmackDown Brown, even though they say he's a free agent. You know, we'll see. We'll see, so.
0: But, yeah, no, that's all but I but got. But that's all uh, I got for WWE, like,
2: too, so, yeah. Yeah.
1: So the question I was going to bring to ask you guys, what is your highest <laughs> – what, is, what do you think is the greatest moment this past year for WWE, Kurt? Oh, my gosh.
2: God, man, you hit me on the spot on that one. Uh, what, was the, what was the best thing of 2020 in WWE? To me, I, I got to go with the the, uh, the return of, like, Brock and Becky at SummerSlam with the with the giant crowd. That really shocked me, and that made me – because I was shitting on WWE when they did that. I was like, oh, this gives me a reason to be interested in WWE. So, I'm going I'm to go with that. those two surprises at SummerSlam.
0: You know, to me, I, I – to me, the the high would have to be WrestleMania night one. I mean, just to me, if you want to talk about the best moment, if you want to just, like, take a picture, a snapshot, whatever, to me, the best moment was Becky beating Sasha clean and winning the title. Yeah, the main event of night one. Yeah, that was that was a big one, too. You got one? Oh, yeah.
1: None of y'all brought it up. It's an addition of one person that put a, a very big in- injection into the WWE. And that is Pat McAfee. (laughs) (laughs) I will not, you know what? And I'm,
0: I'm very disappointed that I didn't even bring it up over the course of the thing, because we were gushing over him over the summer. Like when he, when he took over and, and became the color guy for Uh, SmackDown, but no, like that's been a major improvement. Um, I know a couple of people have kind of soured
2: on him. Um, I know most of the people who listen to wrestling fans might not give a shit who Pat McAfee
0: is. But us being sports fans, football fans, we know. And I'm happy to see him. Even some of the insider baseball that he throws in. Yeah. But like some of his side comments and smart ass remarks. I mean, the dude just, just signed a
2: so $120 million deal with FanDuel. Like people know who he is. So it's nice to see him, his personality with Michael Cole. It is refreshing that SmackDown commentary. I dig it. I think he's a good addition to SmackDown.
1: Yeah. I really like the fact that they don't tell him the the script or what's going on. They don't tell him nothing, and they just let him react. I'm, I, I, I think am- that's, what, that's what's great about it. I'm glad
0: that Vince isn't barking in his ear 24-7. Just let him go out there and do his thing, because organically, there's nobody better than him. Like, I was big on Corey Graves when he first kind of broke in, but I, no, no, like – nobody is better than Pat at this time when it comes to the color commentary aspect Dude, of it.
2: Like, as much shit as I give Michael Cole, man, like when Michael Cole was doing like the tournaments that was like on the under promotions, we didn't have Vince in his ear. He actually was pretty good. So, and I could say the same for Corey Grays. I just think that three man commentary booth is unnecessary. Just let the guys just go out and do what they do. You need
0: It's a perfect, but at the same point in time, it is a perfect foil. When you got somebody that's very straight laced, like Michael Cole, you know, yeah, you, you kind of need, need to need play that. by play. Yeah, you, you need, need to play that. by play, you do. But when you have a guy that can basically just have any thought come to his mind and he's not afraid to blurt it out yeah, and, on. you know, run with it, they play off of each other very well. So, that, yeah, great point, Ramsey.
2: I am glad you brought that up. But that wraps it up for me for WWE. To me, I mean,
0: to me though, that's not a moment. <laughs> that's, uh, it isn't up for me, but yes. Yeah. I mean, granted, it's a series of moments because we get great commentary every week. But,
1: yeah. No, I mean. So what do you think? just think what he's done with with. with... Um, with with McAfee, Shinsuke, and um, oh boobs, boobs, boobs. it's It's something you have to watch. You gotta watch. He the just reels jumps up on
2: the announcer table and he's just doing the air guitar. That was kind of cool. Yeah, grinding up on coal. <laughs> I was gonna bring that up too. Does the uh, right- cold water bottle thing or?
1: But before, before like COVID was, was before, when he was still in the thunderdome, he actually made it more watchable. And then when he moved to the live events, the stuff that we don't see on screen is that he's doing, he's hyping up the crowd beforehand yeah. during commercials. He's hyping them. He's- I, 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 love, I love
0: some of the segments, and it used to be one of my favorite things like to watch on a weekly basis. Like when Pat McAfee does kind of like his week in review or like this is what my week was like, you know, where he's talking about some of the behind the scenes stuff with his podcast or when he's on the road with WWE. Just like that would be my favorite thing. Like the breaks when he's shit talking Cole to the crowd, like trying to get them to boo Michael Cole. Like love that. I mean this is just some good quality stuff.
1: And then now like Michael Cole is like a um pretty much a uh standard uh, uh, guest on the podcast now mm-hmm. so it also brings another dynamic to the uh, to commentary and also the inside views of what goes on behind behind the scenes that they bring out to the uh, uh to the wwe uh, world i've gotten to know
0: michael cole a lot more or just like michael cole the person got to know more about him from watching the Pat McAfee show and like his segments on there. Okay. Cause he's just able to be him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and, can see that you know, he's, he's fucking hilarious. Well, dude, that's the way that I doesn't translate on, well, see, on WWE TV because they make him look like a fucking goofball. I know. And that's the detriment to them because like, guys, if you got to know like Tony
2: Schiavone, when he did his podcast, I just thought he was like a, a stiff guy. But then when you got to know who he is and you learn his personality, you're like, holy shit, this dude's funny. I feel the same way about Joe Buck. You watch Joe Buck on the news. You're like boring. But when you see him behind the scenes, you're like, okay, this dude's actually got some cool stories and I'm entertained. So they should do that WWE with Michael Cole. Let him be him, you know, a little bit.
1: You know, I know I know this is a wrestling show and everything, but we're just talking about commentators. We have to stop and we have to give some type of respect because we did lose a legend commentator of all time. Um, the greatest... Football commentator of all time oh, John dude. Madden
2: yeah. They just brought that up on something to WrestleMania. Uh Conrad was like, uh, they brought up a segment on Facebook Recently when John Madden passed away They were like, what's one body you tried to get that you could never get And Bruce said, hey, we tried to get John Madden for Wrestlemania It just never worked Because Madden didn't like to fly So we tried to accommodate his schedule by bus It just, they talk, They were in the talks And Bruce said he was friends with Madden It just never, it never worked And John Madden was a true legend And it would have been awesome to see him on WrestleMania,
1: and the reason why I say you got to tie it in kind of wrestling too is one: if the success of Madden football games didn't take off, and which spun the consoles that we have now, really all sports never games, had some, man. wrestling. Everything you have the wrestling games, you wouldn't have like all we wouldn't be having all the all these video games and the consoles that we have now if Madden wasn't able to take off back in '88. Mm-hmm. So you know, uh, guys, one of the greatest. But also, we're talking about commentators real quick. We have to do our paid respects for John Madden.
0: Yep. I will say, like, I did read, I did read something today, and, and you know, again, we'll we'll kind of talk about Madden a little bit more before we cut the break. But now, like Chris Collinsworth, you know, mentioned, like, brutally honest about, you know, he asked John, like, what, what, like you have such an amazing mind for football. Like how are you able to do commentary the way that you do? And like John said, I don't like most people watch the game on TV or whatever, and they're watching the football and where it goes and everything like that. He's like, when I do my assessment, I watch the line and I see what the offensive line does. Like from the moment, the ball is snapped as the play progresses, because if you watch the offensive line, that will tell you where the ball is going. And that will tell you what play is going to develop. So that's how he was able to almost, in a sense, be a prognosticator, like like see the play before the play actually happened.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And like Chris Collins said, like, you know, look, ever since I got that nugget, that's how I do commentary. And there may legit be of the thousands of plays that I do over the course of like a Sunday night football season, like there might be 10 plays where I legit have no idea what is going on. But for the most part, I can I can see ahead of what's going to happen before it actually develops because I do what John did and I watch the line every play. Yep. Just kind of, I mean, just kind of like is an honest admission from him. It's just kind of crazy because I never even thought about like watching a football game. Oh, well, let me just look at the offensive line for a good chunk of the game and see. I'm going to actually start watching games like that and see if I pick up on anything I it Cause that's that's kind of a cool just... you know. I mean, of course, you have the madness, like, Some of the phrases that he would use, it's like, "Wait, what?" <laughs> yeah,
1: but he was such an iconic commentator. He commentated the game like he was he was breaking down film because that's how you break down film. Mm-hmm. You have you when yeah. you're when you're scouting, you have to look at the offensive line because with the offensive line it tells you like he said, it tells you everything. You know, because if they're going forward, it's a run. If they go forward right, it's a run right. It's you know everything starts with the lineman and ends with, but also too, he was an offensive lineman. Mm -hmm. He was drafted in the NFL and he was, you know, knee injury, uh, didn't let him play, but, you know,
0: had a successful coaching career and did like, just God, like going back to my childhood. I mean, like a lot, a lot of what we do on the show is we reminisce like our childhood memories growing up watching wrestling, but God, The commentary duo of Pat Summerall and John Madden. If you want to talk about how, like, um, Jim Ross and Jerry Lawler, like... I was going to compare it to wrestler
2: commentaries, yeah.
0: But, like, God, Pat Summerall and Madden, like, what I wouldn't give to be able to have that kind of commentary in today's game.
2: Oh, dude, they're... Yeah, absolutely. They're all-time the greatest. I'd love to hear them again.
1: So, So, like, you know, talking about, like, today's game. I think Tony Romo's there. Yeah. I love what Tony Romo does. Yeah. Because when Tony Romo starts speaking, he speaks like he's walking to the line and what he sees. And he calls the playwright out and goes, oh, they're going to run ball." Because he just, he's reading the defenses. He's reading the offensive line. And I think that's great. And he's talking like he's breaking down film. Mm-hmm. Like men. See, one thing about a lot of people don't know about men too, is men taught a class at Cal Berkeley on how to watch football. And that's something that, you know, wow, he actually taught a class how to watch football. This is Berkeley.
2: Man, but the things with like commentary, the way his personality came out, I think a lot of commentators took that and kind of utilized it in what we hear today. And the I rest mean, of the Really yeah, all comedy. But, but
0: but at the same point in time, it, it, it doesn't hit the mark the way Madden does. To to your point, Ramsey, though, I agree. If anybody comes damn close to it, it is Tony Romo because once Romo got into the booth, it, it like watching his broadcasts of the games are a lot more entertaining than what you would see on most broadcasts.
1: I got one person coming up that will be will be a great watch, and that is RJ three. You watch Robert Griffin. If you watch Robert Griffin this year, uh, doing college games, oh man, it, it's fun. Okay. so i look forward it's to It's fun watching him. Same thing as was when when uh, Pat McAfee was calling games. It was very entertaining.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I wish he, I wish he stayed com- uh containing Thursday night games for ESPN because that was entertainment.
0: We buy it to the we, full. We might see him in the new XFL. I mean, Rock might reach out, give him a call. <laughs> we'll see. Then again, yeah. And again, you have the the return of the USFL, and Fox is one of the main uh, main partners for that. Maybe maybe Fox gives Pat a call.
1: I think I think what's going to end up happening is, I think Pat's not going to fulfill that two year commitment with WWE because everything that's going on with the podcast and FanDuel. I think it's just going to be too much for him to do, keep doing the wrestling commentary.
2: I actually agree with him on that it's one. Coming. Yeah, if bring it back to wrestling. I think he won't, yeah. So, oh
1: man, that's it's coming. You're going to hear some great things from him. But I'd say enjoy the two years if we get, them to if we years, get him to we get because Exactly. Not- I was gonna say that was a that was a yeah. hell of a
0: tangent to go on. Yeah, that well, was a, that was a good one. I mean, but yeah, sure. you have to take it back. So. Yeah, I was gonna say though, we we've, we've been going about an hour though on our uh, WWE segment, or actually like almost an hour and a half. So damn. <laughs> oh, geez, geez, I didn't realize, man. <laughs> so it sounds fast, man. Yeah, but no, we'll uh, we'll cut to break when we come back. We'll uh, we'll delve into AEW. Stay tuned. Thank you for sticking around this long.
2: And welcome back to part two of our year-end review of 2021. We are just wrapped up uh, WWE, ups and downs, so I think we'll try to give the other big promotion shout-out to uh, AEW. Mm -hmm. And, uh, man, what a year it was for AEW, my goodness. I'm talking about a
0: company whose stock is on the rise and is continuing to be on the rise, AEW.
2: I mean, look, all those losses of WWE are now in AEW's gains. Or not all of them, but some pretty big stars Jump ship to AEW in 2021. We could start there or, you know, do the ups and downs, however you want to Well, well no,
0: no, no. I mean, we could definitely start there because, I mean, there, there's a bit of ups and downs with that. If if there's one thing that you could maybe t- say about AEW's roster at its inception was that it was very top-heavy. Yes, you had big names. Yeah. And you, you had a lot of recognizable stars. But if you looked at the roster as a whole, outside of the top of that, you had a few young, unproven guys that have... Turned out to be big future stars, um, but you you had a lot of middling talent in there, and it was just like we need bodies to fill out the roster. Now it's to the point that AEW is adding certifiable talent to fill out their ranks, and with that, you're seeing some of that middling talent kind of get weeded out. That's what they're doing. So, okay, so like all those releases that WWE was doing, like they released like eight to like
2: you know twelve wrestlers at a time when they were releasing them, Tony Khan had his eye on like two, maybe three, usually one or two for sure. Mm-hmm. And he would grab the ones that really, you know, drew him and he would pick them on. So he would take in Malachi Black. He would take a, uh, you know, uh, look,
0: look at two point. Look
2: at 2.0.
0: Like, God, like, 2.0 in NXT was okay. You know, yeah. they get cut I love every time I'm watching, whether it's Dynamite or a Rampage or even like being the elite, the YouTube stuff. Anytime 2.0 comes on the TV, I'm entertained. I'm, I'm glued to it. They're funny. They're 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 good heels. This little partnership they have with Daniel Garcia, you know, mm-hmm. it's kind of cool. Just, I, I need more 2.0 in my life. So, I mean, that...
2: that they are been entertaining. I'll give you that one. Yeah.
0: Um, no, like you know, you look at some of the names that have crossed over. I mean, definitely a big story. I mean, the fact that Adam Cole decided not to re-up with WWE is able to immediately come over. That's big, and it might be stealing the thunder from like one of the bigger moments. And we'll, we'll delve. No, no, I hope you more. want to
2: delve into it, man. Yeah. Well, no, we'll
0: delve into that a little bit, uh, a little more, a little bit. But you know, even like some of the release talent that's come over, though. Um,
1: well, we Bobby, Bobby Fish.
0: I mean, Bobby Fish, you had Andrade Adilo, and
2: then you had uh, Malachi Black, who to me was hmm. actually because I didn't realize his was a 30 day non compete as opposed to a 90 day. WWE
0: didn't even realize it was a fucking 30
2: day non compete until he showed up on AEW. So when he showed up, I was like, whoa, that's pretty early. So that really shocked me. Um, God, man. I mean, just like AEW, with the start of the year, yeah, Kenny Omega was a champion. Uh, just, just the year round, everything that's been going on. I,
0: God, AEW has been knocking it out of the park for the I most part. We do like just one of the biggest ups, like Kenny Omega. Just the fact that the last few years he's been one of the top wrestlers in the world. But then we find out, you know, once we get to um, full gear, okay. that he's been wrestling the last two and a half years plus, almost three years with um, Vertigo. With Dude, neck issues, with all bro, this I stuff. I watched
2: that video of him with the chiropractor. When he said he wrestles with vertigo, immediately my respect for him went sky high. You know how hard it is to wrestle when the ring's spinning and to be able to do the moves that he does? And uh, Plus for me for AEW, the whole belt collector thing. You have the AAA uh, title that he holds, and then all of a sudden you try to do a merge with Impact, and he becomes the Impact champion. He holds both belts, the TNA and the Impact championship against Rich Swann. Mm-hmm. I love that idea, man. You're kind of blending the different promotions and you're working together, something WWE doesn't do anymore. They did it in the late 90s with ECW a little bit. It, you're giving the rub to the promotions, which builds all of wrestling to me when you do that. You don't have to mm. keep doing it because it becomes
0: stale, but the fact that AEW did that, I loved it. And just to me, the fact that he exited out the right way by putting over Adam Page. Yeah. And not just that though, again, another massive up. Uh, or our big positive takeaway from AEW this year, the long-term storytelling of Heyman, Adam Page, like two and a half years of storytelling coming to fruition and coming to the epic climax at full gear when he takes the belt off of Kenny Omega, you know, just, just to me, just great storytelling all around. It was a great way for Kenny Omega to exit the scene, heal up. If he needed surgery, get surgery, you know, but to come back closer to 100% than what he's been operating at for the last couple of years. And realistically, like as great as Kenny is in the ring, yeah. the fact that he was doing that disabled or not at 100%, I'm very curious to see the type of matches we get out of Kenny Omega once he comes back and he's just about fully healed. That's going to be cool to see.
2: Oh, 100%, man. And I'm all for that. Uh, you know, We touched on other things at AEW. The fact that they kind of let, you know what they've what they've done with the women's division, that is
0: that is a huge improvement. Uh, because
2: yeah, when they first started off, it was very they didn't have much talent to go on. You know, I think um, Rio was the first champion, mm-hmm. and then you kind of had Nyla Rose. And look, I'm a big I am a Har- Kar- Sheeta fan. And the fact that they let her hold the belt for a year, but to me that was kind of like, and I, I really do like her as a wrestler. I'm a fan. Mm-hmm. But when they, she was a champion, it really didn't feel like there was a big women's division around that. But mm-hmm. again, that also implemented what. That also, I think that actually helped build the Britt Baker character because she would always say, I'm your first sign-y, women's signee of AEW. Mm-hmm. And then she kind of got over. What really put her over was the Thunder Rosa match. Yes. And that to me was a
0: big up.
2: The lights light
0: out match at St. Patrick's Day Slam Just huge. The image of you know, Britt Baker just a bloody mess, like you yeah. know, and and her and Thunder Rose are going at it hard. Like really the growth of the AEW's women's division is a massive improvement from last year. I think
2: from this year because they say they, t- they added a lot of those or from twenty nine releases. 2020. 2020, 2020, sorry. Yeah. Correct. They they added a lot of those WWE release talent. So you were able to add, you know, you get a Ruby Soho well
0: just, just
1: if you I yeah, yes. Well, what was
0: I was going to say, just just looking at the women's division overall, okay, Britt Baker, or Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, getting over huge as a heel, but a cool heel, a heel that the fans get behind and support no matter what, um, just the rivalry with Thunder Rosa at the beginning of the year, yeah. her beating Hikaru Shida for the belt, um, which, and that is another thing I want to give one quick plus, we're going to get
2: right to that. Mm-hmm. one thing I did like about AEW was that they didn't have the Thunderdome. They actually did it in daly's Place with a select crowd because it was Florida. It was mm-hmm. really nice to see them be able to do that. And I know it helps that your father owns the, the building.
0: Right, but, but it, it, it definitely gave them a different dynamic than what WWE was offering. Don't get me wrong. The Thunderdome was I really was did cool, dig the Thunderdome, yes. But after weeks of seeing the Thunderdome over and over again, then it was like, kind of one, but you at want to least even that. though it was a very minimal crowd, you still got natural, organic reactions to things.
2: And I wanted to touch on that because when Rick Baker won the belt, she did it when they actually had, I think, like 5,000 people at Daly's place or where you know it, that was a big moment for me.
0: Yeah, but just going down all the milestone moments of the women's division this year, the TBS tournament has been very, just in my opinion, it's been very successful. Yeah, um, Jade Cargill is, is, a, is a specimen. And, like, like, honestly, every time that she's on, I'm curious to see what happens. Like, I feel like that's a monster that has been built the right way. Mm -hmm. And, like I said, like, I have a feeling she's going to come out of this year your first TBS uh, champion. She kind of has to. The fact that
2: she kind of got over Thunder Rosa, who, to me, I think is going to be the one to take the belt off of Britt Baker in Mm -hmm. 2022. So they kind of worked it to where she kind of got cheated a little bit. But it wasn't enough to be like,
0: or, or, and, and, and maybe we'll touch a little bit more on Britt Baker in a second, but just again, just overall, the TBS tournament has been very successful. And like Jade Cargill, this has been a perfect platform to kind of elevate her more. So you get that out of it. Um, Ty Conti, Anna Jay, Red Velvet, all three drastically improved in your quality, yeah. character work and everything from this point. In 2020. Oh, I dude. mean, they're in a much better spot now. Please tell you, you gotta have her name. If you don't
2: have her name, I'm gonna literally choke you. You know who I'm talking about. You're wearing a t shirt. She was part of his group.
0: Oh, well, I, I was getting to that now. Thank you. Yeah. The, you mentioned Akarushita, but like the Serena Deeve and Akarushita yes.
2: feud yes.
0: has been amazing. I love Serena
2: Deeve's new character. And I
0: want to see more. I think yes. we've gotten three matches out of them, and I want a fourth. I want a Fifth. I want to just see them beat the, the fuck The woman out of, of a thousand holes, you know, Dimalinko, That Dude, I love it. I love her new uh, angle. You got promising new additions to the roster this year, Jamie Hayter. And, like, you mentioned Britt Baker. And, that, and, like, Thunder Rosa could be the one to take the belt off of Britt Baker. But now we're doing the slow burn of, like, Jamie Hayter, you know, getting tired of Britt Baker's shit That's true. possibly turning. Maybe she's the one that takes the belt off of her. So. You also
1: got you also got Serena Deeb doing a lot of backstage stuff for the women too. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. She's a major factor. Also, she's going to be behind storylines and everything. And also, there's a she's been hinting at another team up with CM Punk. Yep. Oh God. I will I uh, we'll see. I don't. I don't
0: know how. It's I don't
1: hard. know
0: how it could work. But if if I have faith in anybody to lay it out organically and make it work, it would be Serena D even CM Punk. So like I said, given the current landscape, I don't know how it works, but they'll figure out a way to make it work. and I will be behind that 100%. Huh. But like we mentioned the fact that Thunder Rosa is now a full-time Aew talent. same thing with Serena oh, D a full-time did. Aew talent. Jamie Hayter bringing her in. Ruby Soho, a big, Name from the talents that were released from what, WWE. What they should have done WWE. They're giving her like the ability to do that now, and she's in the finals of the- And then right before, um, right before we end the year, New Year's Eve, uh, the New Year's Eve uh, Smash event. Let's just
2: give a quick shout Mercedes out Mercedes
0: Martinez debut. Yeah, she. That's right. I she mean, kind of Tech
2: Thunder Rosa, and she was big with the development of the women in NXT. So mm-hmm. they released her. So I'm kind of surprised because she was with Impact. She won their Impact knockout championship, I mean, a tournament to
0: fight Mickey James for the belt. So it's kind of neat. But, I mean, she is now an AEW contracted talent. So it it, it is huge. Like I said, just the growth of the women's division in 2021. Oh, and and I do have to give a shout-out to – I do want to give a quick shout-out to women's
2: division, Chris Statlander. I thought she's been very underrated, and I do like what they're doing with her. I just wanted to – I just think of name.
0: I was going to say, Ramsey, what are your thoughts, at least, with the improvement uh, of the women's division? He's probably backing up on that one.
1: They actually been ch- they actually chose wisely of the of the free agents that was available in WWE. <laughs> they brought in the right people with the upside, not the aging and on the downside. Um, well, one who could wrestle, didn't... you know. Well, it's not even that. It's also the, the mindset they brought in. Like Tay Conti, she always had the up the the potential, but was never sh- showed it. And she's able to actually do the dark matches on Mondays and Tuesdays, and get better. And during the year, you, you see the improvement. Mm-hmm. Um, but how the women division is going? It's going to get better because I think you're going to have m- more people coming, more women going over there, especially now with Serena Deep going over there, and now being a part of behind the scenes too. You know, I won't I won't be shocked you see some of the like the bigger talent that's in um, an impact start like leaving and going into AEW because of that.
0: Well, we, we kind of touched on it before we went to air, but like that a rampage, just that, that women's tag team match. That was basically a no holds barred, like free for all where you have Penelope Ford and the bunny, you know, just, just blo- like Penelope Ford, just a fucking bloody man. Let me tell cast. you something. You like, want to talk about adding respect to those girls?
2: Like youth. Okay. So yeah, Ty Conti, in, I know is an established wrestler, I'm not too big, wasn't too big sold on Anna J. And Penelope Ford has really improved this year with her matches in dark. You can tell mm. she's grown a lot. And as for the bunny, you're just like, she's just a psychotic. You kind of look at her as like a, not really a wrestler, but my God, man, Did she, they? those girls just tore the house down. Earn my respect. What you got, Ramsey?
1: The most improved wrestler in AEW is the Bunny. Well, for me,
2: it's Penelope Ford, but I, can't, I won't necessarily disagree with you. She has improved.
1: Go look at what the Bunny has done in previous years and this year. Mm-hmm. She has It's been head over shoulders above anybody else, any men, anybody. She has drastically. Oh, man. That, boy, grad-
0: that girl took a improved. superplex
2: onto thumbtacks, busted open – I just gotta like that was an awesome match. I don't want to see that too often because it kind of takes away from the lore, you know, luster that. But you don't
0: you don't need to see it every week. Again, you don't need to see blood every week on a wrestling show for it to be good. Yeah. But when you pick your spots and you choose wisely, it helps elevate the stakes and the overall feel of the product. And again, yeah. you're not seeing WWE do this shit. No. You know, the fact that women can go out there, beat the quote unquote fuck out of each other. They really do. Be bloody messes. I mean, it's a Friday night after Tuesday. And 10 it o'clock, helps you know? elevate them and get them over.
2: That uh, really did get those two girls over.
1: Blood puts over. I keep saying it. Blood puts over. Ramsey has said this to me numerous times. And I. Steve Austin, if Steve Austin didn't, wasn't that bloody mess passing out against Bret Hart, mm-hmm. would he be as over? over? I yeah. don't know. Becky Lynch, it was an accident.
2: But it's still that iconic Ooh, image of her. Terrible. Yes, yeah.
1: She's yeah. over. And what happened with Britt Baker? Britt
2: Baker against uh really it was, it was It was it, the combination yeah. of Car Sheeta, She got a busted nose, and then also the match with Thunder Rosa.
1: Mm-hmm. The bloody mess. Because That's all people remember. People remember the, the the bloody mess. Yeah. And how she came on top, of it. and after she came after that match, what happened? <laughs> I mean,
2: uh, the bunny that just that image of the amount of blood she had when uh, Anna J put her in the Queen Slayer. That is a Like she, you'll probably see more of her. Maybe Mm -hmm. I I would hope so, but yeah, that was awesome.
0: Well, no, Anna. I mean, Anna Jay's star is definitely on the rise. She's on the rise. I mean, like it's like I said, the women's division overall is in a much better place now, and you have several viable stars. Because, like, realistically, once we got to the final, even like the quarterfinals of the TBS tournament. You maybe had a few names that you're like, yeah, this is the person that's most likely going to win. Yeah. But you legit had eight names there that it's like, I can make a compelling argument for this person to win the belt. Uh I can make a, a compelling argument for this person to win the belt. Like there wasn't a name that was in that final eight that you sat there and looked like this person has no business being in this tournament. No, 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 Gee, no. Even Red Velvet felt like a viable and reasonable name to be in there. Yes, that's maybe one that I could say, okay, she's probably not going to win it, but you can make a compelling argument for her to go to the distance and win it. You had brought up bloody mess, or we had brought up bloody. I wanted messes. to bring up a down
2: real quick. Let's just touch on it. Let's get it. There's like two. There's two definite downs this year for sure. Maybe four if you want to get technical. But let's mm-hmm. get into it.
0: Well, no, but I mean, like blood and guts. While we're talking
2: about it, let's just talk about the blood and guts match. I love the fact that they actually did an event and they were like, look, we're going to bring war games to AEW, which they need to. And they were like, Vince McMahon says, we don't do that blood and guts stuff on our product. That's why they named it blood and guts.
0: The ending and execution, just the, the execution of the majority of the match. It was a good match until uh, the work. Yeah. Until the very end. And some of the camera angles that they used that basically gave away like, Chris Jericho falls off the top of the cage, busts through what's supposed to be a steel rampway. And, you know, if you shoot it from the best possible angle, you can buy it and believe it and be like, oh, man, you know, maybe he really fucked up his bag. Maybe he's going to be off of TV for a good long while. But when you show the shot of it from overhead, and you, can tell you could tell that he just busted through a cardboard, you, you know could thing? see him kind of even the like he meds.
2: covers his face, and you could see his mouth moving. Like I'm okay.
0: It just yeah, yeah you know, just like the, the way they shot the ending of that. I definitely think they would want to take that back, Ramsey. I know that was a big talking point for you.
1: Also, that match should have been on a pay per view card. I agree with you on that one because the breaks and interruptions were too much.
2: It does take away mm-hmm. from the match. Even when you watch like Brian Danielson versus, uh, whether it be, well, I don't want to talk about the night Cause that's an for me, but his two matches was awesome matches when they go to commercial break. It does kind of take away a little bit of the match, even though there was limited commercial. I mean, you had like
0: picture in picture. You did a
2: picture picture. You can still watch it, yeah,
0: yeah. But it's at the same point in time, I don't want to watch, you know, an epic match of Brian Danielson on a, on a tiny but thing. At least while they, I want to see a Papa John's but at least commercial. They do it when like the guy does a big
2: move to the outside, and both guys are just laying there. So you know, they kind of do it at the right times.
0: Yeah, I mean, shit, it brought it up. Uh, we we're talking about Brian Danielson, and we brought up Adam Cole earlier. Let let's talk about AEW All Out. And some people will say that that's the best pay per view we've seen in maybe a decade. See, okay, two, so well, well, so for
2: us, well, for well, you kind of got to memory. watch it live, and I was so pissed because you know I had the stupid hurricane, I wasn't able to watch it. But the fact that this pay per view had it was an awesome pay per view. Number one, it was the turn of CM Punk wrestling in seven years. Wrestled Darby Allen in Chicago. But the fact that you had not one, not two, but you had three big date or four, who, four. Well, okay. So besides you, you, from
0: the, you had your Japanese yep. boy, that was that was a was surprise, I can't think of his freaking name. But after Moxley's match with uh, after
2: oh uh, yes, God um, oh, damn it, you put me on the spot. Uh, yes, 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 yes.
0: Um, no, no, man, no, no. 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 Me I'm having a <laughs> what
2: the fifty-three-year-old guy, the Japanese guy. Uh, Damn it! It's gonna drive me crazy. Yeah, but just just go ahead.
0: So you had so Ramsey. I was gonna say, look that up real quick. Yeah, the female women's battle
2: royal, casino battle royal, and you had the debut of Ruby Soho making the Mm -hmm. debut was awesome, and she won the match. Mm -hmm. We were all super stoked.
0: First time, first time a Joker actually won the the casino battle royal. So shout out to Ruby Soho. But yeah. We, we, we get to the main event, or, or even before we get there, let's talk about that steel cage match for the tag belts between...
2: Oh, uh, Lucha Brothers Lucha versus, versus uh, the Young Bucks.
0: Bucks. I mean, probably one of the best steel cage matches I've seen in a while, let alone one of the best tag team matches. Um, Minoru
2: Suzuki. Damn it. I'm yeah, sorry. I just, Suzuki. It just it yeah. out of my head. I love him. He's a... He's a, i would—he scares the hell out of me. True MMA guy, but yeah, go ahead. But no,
0: like, just you had that amazing steel cage match. And then we get to the main event, and granted, I wasn't super big on Christian versus Kenny Omega, but it was a really good match.
2: I was going to say it was a really—I'm the same way. It wasn't big. It wasn't like I had to watch this match on pay per view, but it was solid. No argument here.
0: And then you know we get the debut of Adam Cole, and like any other pay per view. You could end on that debut and great, great pay-per-view overall. But then not even three minutes after Adam Cole makes his debut, boom, we get the second debut, we get Brian Danielson coming out. And it's like the bang-bang of it all. I think what you just said. You just had
2: Adam Cole just make his debut to AEW. Could have ended the pay-per-view right then and there. Unbelievable. And then, like, you don't just get that as you're... You get, Brian Danielson making his debut literally like two minutes later. You're like, what the fuck? What is going on? Your mind just blown. There's no way there's going to be a pay-per-view anytime soon that's going to top that. Sorry. No, I mean, just
0: just, God, that, that was definitely the highest of highs. It got wrestling fans talking in a way that like a lot of wrestling events haven't really done too, too much. That was one of those things that like the internet hits the very next day were going through the roof. Like that, that was a big needle moving moment. So now an AEW has
1: Yoro yeah. Shizuki,
2: yeah, no, you yeah, probably hear me, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I know the fact that he was it was awesome because him and Dean Ambrose, you're like, holy crap, or I'm sorry, John Moxley, I gotta see that. Um, and then you get so now you have CM Punk on AEW making his return, We you can, you know. <sighs> That was probably the biggest up if you really want to get technical about it. Yeah, just the fact that what seven long years. So you had seven long, long years, and then you have them sell out the United Arena in Chicago, and they never confirmed right it. United Center. United Center, I'm sorry. They didn't confirm it. They sold it out on a rumor. It, it was never it was, confirmed. It was the
0: worst kept secret. It but- was never confirmed. They sold it out on a rumor. It was never confirmed, but it was a wink, wink, nudge, nudge. I know. When do you – Okay, so when
2: they they finally brought back to live crowds and they're in Fort Worth, Texas, when do you stop a show? Because normally what happens is the announcers, during like a wrestling match for the audience, they'll be like, oh, AEW will be in – they'll give like the next three weeks or a month of where they're going to be live, right? When do they actually cut to the audience that they're in? They're in Fort Worth, Texas, and they just come out on the ring and they're like – Hey, we just want to announce that we're gonna be uh, we're gonna be at the United Way Center in Chicago on August twentieth for the very first episode of like Rampage. You're like,
0: okay, yeah, it, it's it's official. So so we have learned one thing over the course of this particular podcast: the United Center is to TNK, United what Way. Asuka is to what Rampage is it? Yep. What is it? It's United Center.
2: It's United, United Center. Center. Oh, keep saying United Way. I'm sorry. I got the chair. Oh, whatever. All right. On a
1: United Way. You oh, United, United Way. United, yeah. You
2: know? United Arena. So, but the fact that they did that, you're like, you know, hit, hit, wink, wink. Like, if CM Punk did not show up on August 20th at that arena, the fans were going to go insane. And the fact that they didn't even, like, fucking wait till the end, they were like,
0: no, we're, we're <laughs> going to give you what you want right now.
2: We're doing it right now.
0: And the fact that they gave him 20 minutes. Literally 20 minutes. The fact minutes. that they didn't rush it, they didn't, you know, whatever. It was literally, he took forever to get to the ring. Mm-hmm. You had about a good, solid, uh, like, Six. seven to eight minutes of that. At least. Then they do commercial break, which I think they actually did, like, picture in picture. Or it was a very short, like, like, 30 or 90 second break. And then they came right back to yeah, him and they remember. let him, just let him talk. And, I mean... That's one of the things he's best at is just getting on the they stick, have anything Un- uncut, you know, unscripted. Just let him go. It was it was awesome. Now that was a big high. Let me.
2: I want to end AEW on a high. and That was the highest high. But let's just get to another low, and let's just get it over with. The match itself was solid. You had John Moxley versus Kenny Omega. You had the Noah Holtz Bar or
0: it was it was a barbed wire barbed death wire match. death match. Thank you, bar, barbed wire exploding ring death, death <laughs>
2: match. Thank you. Uh, the promotion from Japan they brought that back and I was excited, but at the same time when you do all these theatrics, you're like this usually never goes well. But
0: you're like okay, we're in America, we have some money, maybe it'll go well. The match itself. Was decent. Was good. I mean, it wasn't great. I agree. It, it wasn't. It wasn't bad. I mean, it was good. It's that. It, it's that last moments that were just. Uh, and it, you want to talk about like,
1: uh,
0: it, it, it was this moment that people were like, man, like AEW is just this is some fucking WCW shit here, like, you know, this is some cheap rated whatever. And I know that they tried to play it off the next day by being like, you know, John Moxley being like, oh, uh, Kenny Omega, leave it to Kenny excited. Omega to build an exploding ring and it not do shit, you know, whatever. But
2: it, it was just bad. But it was a pay-per-view, around. and it was the ending of a pay-per-view you paid for. And when you finally saw all the ending, you like exploding death ring, you know, and there's just sparklers, sparklers going off.
0: And then you have like... Eddie, you have Eddie Kingston, who you. was feuding with John Moxley up to this point. Come out there Throw himself over John Moxley to protect him. And then you just got then, sparklers going off. And then, the and, sparklers going. and then it looks like Eddie Kingston's having a fucking seizure in the ring. Now, if I will say
2: face and give you one somewhat part that made me laugh due to that fuck up was the fact that Don Callis mm-hmm. and Kenny Omega. Kenny Omega was like, 69 me, Don! 69 me! <laughs> <laughs> that did make me laugh because they were making fun of Kingston, like, laying over John Moxley's body, like, that was comical, but yeah, they fucked that up. But again, you know,
0: it... dude, look, speaking of Eddie Kingston, though, look, look, dude, you're talking about a plus. Go ahead. Yeah, no, just, dude, just the evolution of him, just like everything from that article uh, that he wrote that really like delved into his love of the business and why he does what he does yeah. and, and what his upbringing was like or his path to get to AEW. Um, just the quality of his work on the mic. I think his in-ring work has improved drastically from when he first debuted in AEW. Yeah. Just everything from Eddie Kingston for me this year has been a massive plus. Um, other, other guys that I think kind of like turned their character around or definitely improved as the year went on, Nero. Um, from his debut as the best man, it was a weird debut, but to, yeah. To then the whole Redeemer gimmick and character, once he won the TNT championship and had his run with it, I felt like it brought a little more legitimacy to that belt. It made it a bigger deal when Sammy Guevara ended up taking the belt off of him. I thought it was too soon to take the belt off. I of thought it was too soon, yes.
2: I love that belt, by the way. I'm not the biggest Miro fan, but I did like him as a TNT champion for that long period of time. But again, like I was touching on a couple of episodes, you know, like, the TNT title isn't meant for a long reigns, but mm-hmm. I thought Miro did do. I'll give him that. I thought he did a really good job as a champion. Like, who could beat this guy? He whipped Darby Allen. I didn't say he whipped his ass, but he beat Darby Allen for it. If you beat Darby Allen for a belt, you fucking you know you earned it. You want to say something? Uh,
1: I think that like uh, what he did with the TNT belt, like he brought more like um, a brute force with it. Yeah, mm-hmm. but still, to the end, I think. What Darby Allen did with that belt, defending it every week, mm-hmm. was yeah. something that it, I wish they, you know, they bring that back and start doing. Which obviously they're not going to because Cody's not going to fight every
2: week. See, I'm not. I'm. I'm I agree with you and I don't agree with you. <laughs> I don't like it being defended every week, but every you know, like other week or whatever. Cody is doing the weekly thing, by the way.
1: Hold on. So here's the thing about that. Technically, that's kind of like a TV championship. I yeah. don't want to see that defended in a pay per view. It needs to be. I want to see it defended weekly or every other weekly. Yeah, weekly on on TV. But no, I agree with you on that. One. It, mm-hmm. What Darby Allen did with it and the level competition he did with it, I you know you think you think Miro brought uh, legitimacy to it. I think Darby already had it when he was defending it every week. So to me, it was like like that. And the same Guerrero and, and, you know, now it's just, you know, it, I think it, it belongs on Cody. I like it on Cody and, you know, we'll see where it goes.
0: Especially if we end up getting a Cody heel turn. we were joking about it earlier, but I mean, look, one of these days or he sets up for that tiger driver. When he finally hits that pedigree, the crowd is gonna go crazy, I'm going to mark the fuck out yeah. because I'm waiting for it. And, we were kind of talking about hypothetical feuds or whatever, but if you got Cody Rhodes acting as a Triple H to be a foil to a CM Punk, mm-hmm. that could be very interesting. Especially if maybe down it's the road a, good, a world title point. is in the picture for with
1: Punk. I don't know. The the one person I would love to see the TNT title coming this year with is going to be Adam Cole.
0: Yeah, I mean to to get that to get that started off. We're, we'll we'll touch a little more on Adam Cole in a moment because there's definitely a few talking points there. But we we were talking about um, Sammy Guevara. We're talking about Darby Allen. Let's just talk about the four pillars. No, um, I agree. And and granted, they were on the they were on the rise in 2020, or like going um, towards the end of 2020 into 2021. But I mean, the four pillars, these four young guys that. Or we maybe sitting there um, when AEW first started, and you're like, "Okay, these are names I'm maybe not familiar with, but you know, AEW thinks they're a big deal. Let's see what happens." And man, have they really jumped off in 2021? The MJF is the best heel in wrestling right now. Period. There is no, there is no argument. There is no. I mean. Try to give me a compelling argument that he is not the best heel in wrestling right now. Ramsey, Roman you kind of raised an eyebrow oh, when I said that. I'm going to say
2: this real quick in Ramsey. Go, go ahead,
0: Ramsey. What you got? Yeah, it's going to be hard for me to say this, but Roman Reigns? He's better than Roman Reigns.
1: <laughs>
2: my thing with MJF is, like, as good as he is on the microphone, I think you could give that shit to other guys in WWE without the PG contents and they could roll with it. But.
0: What he's sets great at... what sets MJF apart from everybody else. Well he keeps kayfabe. Well one, he keeps kayfabe. that's a big thing. But two, he's quick witted. Oh well, he is very quick. He quick-witted he has the, the gift of gab and he can improvise on the fly. Yeah. It, I mean, it, it's like literally you say something, he can immediately come back with a zinger. And it's not a scripted thing. Because I've seen enough of his interviews outside of it and everything else where he keeps his heel stick doing interviews like with podcasts and everything else. And he could just immediately come out with zingers on the fly. Like he's got a natural gift of being a dick. And just to me, yes, I'm a big fan of the Roman reigns head of the table gimmick. That, that's that been a massive improvement for him and his character and his development overall. but. Right. MJF, to me, is in a completely different league at this point. My thing
2: is, like, look, man, being the dick and being a guy that wrestles a handful of times a year is for not great and all that. But, but he's you gotta good be in able, the ring, too. That's what I'm trying and to get can at. back it up. Like, I'm not the biggest fan of his in-ring work. I love his on the microphone, no denying that. The size and the in-ring work, he's not a terrible wrestler by any means. I think he's a good wrestler. I don't know. I'm just
0: that, – that match – at full gear with Darby Allen, yeah. was fucking perfect. It was a great opening match, but the fact that going into it, he jokingly mocked Darby, I was saying, "I'm going to beat you with a uh, with a um, yeah uh, front uh, face lock, yeah uh, face, uh, uh, f- uh, headlock takeover." But yeah, yeah, I'm going to beat you with a headlock takeover, and then he does the whole thing with getting on his knees and tossing the skateboard to Darby Allen and being like, "Hit me, hit me, hit me." Mm-hmm. And then while the referee's back is turned, hits him with the diamond ring. And then while the referee is looking, gets him in a headlock, does the takeover, gets the one, two, three.
2: Okay. Fucking loved it, man. But it's such a, look, I love look, MJF, all there's yeah, absolutely a plus for this year and what moving forward. And then you have, yeah, you know, Darby Allen with sting. Darby Allen's been just a beast. He became able to wrestle CM Punk in Chicago. He's just he was teenage champion. Well, maybe it wasn't was champion earlier. In At the the year. beginning of the year. The, okay. I thought he might have lost him in December of last year. But just him overall, one of your bright future cornerstones.
0: And then, you know, let's just touch on Jungle and, Boy. And shout – well, as I was gonna say, shout out to Sting, too. Like, WWE had him for, what, two years? Didn't know what the fuck to do with him. You bring him in as a mentor for Darby Allin and –
1: That's not true. That's not true. What? They had plans. They had plans for him. But, of course, stupid Seth Rollins, who likes to hurt people – injured Sting, because Sting was, was supposed to be champion that night.
2: Sting was supposed to be the champion that night, is the rumor, and then he got hurt and they were there like, call on the fly, giving
1: it to So
0: how so was how Sting able to wrestle in AEW and not in WWE? So,
2: he never wrestled singles, match.
1: Go
2: ahead, up, sorry.
1: Same way why, why? for a couple years, Daniel Bryan didn't wrestle. Same same reason why Edge couldn't wrestle. Why is, why is right now... Um, Page, not wrestling. They're overprotective with their talent with on, on medical conditions. Yeah, no, I mean, it, it, again, they're all sensitive. That's why Brandon, that's why Daniel Bryan went out of the WWE. That's why a lot of their talent wants to leave because, hey, you're going to get hurt, you're going to go. You know? Yeah, they were,
2: because Daniel Bryan was clear to wrestle, but WWE doctors wouldn't clear him for the longest time, to Ramsey's point. Well, yeah. But yeah, but no, uh, Sting wrestles occasionally in tag team matches with Darby Allin. Uh, this past, we got Rampage, you know, they wrestled Max Caster and I can't think of the guy's name, but the tag team match. They also wrestled the Billy Gunn. They claim, thank you.
0: Love the acclaim. Me too, they are.
2: That is a plus. I do like the whole gimmick. That is cool. Um, they wrestled Billy Gunn and his sons uh, not that long ago. So, I like the dichotomy of having, like, Sting, Darby Allin, Mentor, you know, the future, and then, you know, Jungle Boy winning the mm. Casino uh, Royal ba- uh, Battle Royale. Battle Royal. Royal. And, you know, he got to have a shot against Kenny Omega. Didn't need to win it, but they're pushing. And he hasn't won a title yet, but he's on his
0: way. Manjian hasn't won a title yet, but he's won the, three, he's the three-time, three-time winner the Diamond the Ring. The Diamond Ring, yes. And, you know what, if they just, like, if that's his gimmick that he just wins it every year, like, I'm fine it's with that. Time just, 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 that let, just let him win it. Let him be a five-time champion, and then and they then, retire you know, that,
2: with, that gimmick. And then his... with uh, Sammy Guevara winning the belt, you know, kind of, the your pillar, I wasn't totally the biggest. When he beat Miro, I
0: thought it was too early, but I am a Sammy Guevara fan because I like the fact that they're pushing their young talent. Going back to Jungle Boy, just the fact that he can do it both as a singles and as a tag team, because I am so over on – uh, the Jurassic Express, and I really think it is only a matter of time before they win the tag belts. I thought they should have won the belts before the Lucha Brothers in the sense because they were hotter. Like, the Lucha Brothers
2: uh-huh. are a better tag team, and I love the Lucha Brothers, but they had kind of lost theme with their injuries and kind of back and forth. They should have won the belts long ago, but with the injuries, at that moment when they won it, I thought Jurassic Express was more over. They should have won it to me, but –
0: Look, all this talk too about tag teams. Let's just talk about a massive up, and that tag team wrestling is alive and thriving in AEW. Yes, they embrace it, and you have a lot of really good tag teams that are there. Whereas WWE, for whatever reason, feels like they can get by with just two tag teams, maybe three. <laughs> yeah, I
1: mean, literally. And just think, just think that it just got even better because now with Kyle O'Reilly there. Just like,
2: you got undisputed with the elite. You don't know
0: what's going to happen with that. That's something to look forward to in 2022. And to your, and, and, and to your point, because I told you we talk about Adam Cole later, I do love this whole thing that they're setting up with the possibility of infighting within the elite. Yeah. The fact that they did kind of carry over the WWE, yeah. the NXT storyline between Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly.
2: They did kind of touch on that, yes.
0: Yeah, you know, the the fact that, you know, it's going to be an interesting dynamic, especially if Adam Cole does win a belt soon, like if he does, say, become TNT champion or something like that, and then Kenny Omega comes back, and now the two of them are vying for, you know, it's a power struggle of who's going to lead the elite, and then we have a break off of, like, the golden elite versus the undisputed era, like... There's there's a lot of juicy potential storylines in the pipeline.
2: Oh, I'd love to see those. the Elite versus the Undisputed Era. Oh, that gives me goosebumps. I got
1: I got somebody's about to come into AEW that I would love to see a tag team with. Is how about Johnny Gar- Johnny Gargano and Daniel and Brian Danielson joint team up to take on the Elite and the uh, uh, Undisputed Era. That
0: would be good, but I gotta be I gotta be honest too. I love this heel, Daniel Bryan. Me too. And I love and I love the heel Gargano that we got over I the did, last like year too. or so. Like, I love that. I would love to see that tag team dynamic with the two of them working as heels as opposed to them coming in as baby faces. But
1: you don't have to be baby faces. Heel versus heel versus heel.
0: It could work.
2: That's the thing, like you don't want to like a. Embarrassment of riches, like you bring Gargano in, it's kind of like Daniel. I'm sorry, uh, Brian Danielson and Johnny Gargano are kind of to me like saying wrestler and styles. They are so good. It's just I'd love to see them wrestle together or work together. To Ramsey's point, but yeah, okay. I, mean, he,
1: I mean, you know, it's coming. You know, it's not the the best kept secret. It, it's he's coming. If um.
0: It, it, <clears throat> If anything, I would I would say if there if there's two kind of negatives to the AEW product overall, or, or just things that they need to improve on going into 2022, coming into the new year, um, one would be storylines that drag on and then go nowhere. That that that's one thing. I mean, storytelling has been a massive plus, mm-hmm. but for instance. Everything that went on with Matt Hardy and Orange Cassidy, Eh. Frankie Kazarian, the elite hunter, you know, like that was a big thing Um, towards the end of the summer. Frankie Kazarian, like coming out and trying to take out the elite members one by one, and then he just disappeared. It made sense when they had the Good
2: Brothers and the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega, five of them against these teams. They needed an extra person to help. That's hence, that's where Frankie Kazarian came in. And then when the Good Brothers went, away or no longer with impact i'm sorry with uh aew then went back to impact and then kenny omega gone you don't really need frankie kazarian so that's me right. I he get... was
0: kind of gone before kenny omega cool. left
2: uh now with the matt hardy and his uh his uh stable yeah the money uh, Inc or whatever you want to call
0: his, it is uh, a money matt or uh, yeah
2: some money
1: man yeah. the hardy the hardy uh, uh family. family office yeah. Now
0: with him uh,
2: constantly feeding with Orange Cassidy, I'll give you that one. It's kind of just been dragging on, and there's no real definitive end or anything to do with it.
0: Or I would even say like the whole thing with Gun Club, because you touched on like Gun Club and Sting and Darby Allen facing off. That kind of seemed like they were building. Now and that was the bigger, opposite. Just now that was the opposite of the Matt Hardy Orange Cassidy with
2: yeah. lasting too long. That just kind of fit, like happened, and then it was like, okay, and it, yeah, and then that's done. it. We're done. And they're like, well, well, hold on, you could have built that a little bit more. Yeah, I agree with on that one.
1: There's not enough TV time to to have these stories. They have a lot. They have a lot on their roster, and there's there's not enough TV time. They do.
0: I do. I do. We kind of talked about Rampage. But we haven't touched on the fact that like Rampage was a new addition in 2021. We got an extra. Well, I'd say legitimate AEW show. Not that like uh, Revolution and Dark are are dark revolution and dark are not legitimate, but the fact that you have like an extra hour of AW programming that is, that is viewed in the eyes of the public as like, this is the must watch show. I would love to see it go to two hours. I know like the one hour format, it, it you know, it, it's great to just get an hour of wrestling and it's good. Well, here's the thing, but no, go ahead. I also uh, feel like you can tell more compelling stories. If you had another two hour, main format show like that
2: Now i'm going to say something that ramsey might agree with me on this one unless you have a good point real quick ramsey i was going to t- yeah. go for it okay so my thing with aw rampage if they go this route with the one hour i like the fact that it's one hour after smackdown at 10 o'clock hour where you can get away with doing more pg-14 type stuff like old school ecw which was just an hour but it wasn't on a major network now i know when it was a tnn it was two hours but back in the day i think it was just one hour on like whatever channel you got on your local cable network. Mm -hmm. If they could do it more extreme for one hour and tell a decent storyline, have like three matches and maybe a promo. I'm cool with that. I'm cool with that.
1: The problem, the problem with the rampage is it's pre-taped. Yeah. Correct. Majority of the time. And people already know that what's happening. Yeah. So that, that, that hurts one, two, and the numbers show it because they're, they're not drawing on the, uh, the 18 to 49 um, demographic demographic. Um, they would have, to, I think they would have to find like that two hours. They need to move it to like, maybe like on a Thursday night or you have to do it on that on, like on a Thursday night, two hour Thursday night show or do it on a Sunday. Like, like how heat was do it two hours, like six to eight time zone or something, seven to nine time zone. On Sundays, just to give give it to something, because uh, because it needs more time. You need more premium airtime and not the YouTube stuff. But then I still like to have them have a one hour show, but have it on a not on a Turner Network, <coughs> have or somewhere, somewhere it will be somewhere like maybe kind of like um, like a CW or something, just to have it to where. People that doesn't have cable and cannot connect with it, find it and see it like a superstars or something type program. So you can start bringing out your talent and start getting known, but it needs to go two hours, but you need to find a, a perfect day for it. They, Friday night is not it. They, they've touched on,
2: on that. Like they've asked Tony Khan, like, you know, will you be doing a, they don't really have enough content to do a full streaming service yet. It's in it's in the works. It's so. in the works. They just the money's not right, essentially.
1: The money's not right, but they have the content because Monday it's two hours on YouTube. Yeah. Tuesday's two hours on YouTube. Two hours on on Wednesday, mm-hmm. and then one hour on Friday. On Friday, you have the content. You just you know, I think right now their their ratings are not there yet, and that's the one we can something to bring bring up to is that. This year they went up on on the on a viewership, but they're still down from the first year. In the first year, they were only they were only in the first year, only in operation from October to December, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they debuted in December. They had a total of nine hundred twenty-three thousand viewers in twenty twenty. It went down to 808 viewers and this year went back up to 888 viewers. They did more viewership in the first year in a couple months, and they just have not been gaining ground. And that's the thing, like it's it, it's it it, it grew rapidly after August and with all the big debuts, and you're getting now the the name WW people on the roster. And now the viewership is going up and up and up, up a little bit, but they still haven't gradually grown their audience to get like an online content well, streaming service.
0: Well, I think the big thing, and I think, and I think what will ultimately help those numbers in the long run is yes, you have these big debuts and you have these big names that are coming. It's a matter of finding where they fit in the landscape and then letting them go from there. Because, It's kind of one of those things that's like, oh, shit, Adam Cole debuts. He should be in the main event picture. Oh, shit, Brian Danielson debuts. He should be in the main event picture. CM Punk debuts. And that was like one of the big um, or some fanboys had a big problem with how CM Punk has been booked this year because he's not in any big main event feud. It's like we expect all these big names to come in and then immediately be in the main event picture. It's like now that we have these names here, we need to see how everything shakes out where they fit in the landscape and then let the storytelling that comes of it dictate where we go from here if there's if there's one big strength i think going into 2022 is that what i love about AEW as a whole is just the majority of the booking it's open-ended in that you really don't know where the story is going to go, and if you have a weekly episodic television show, you want me to be tuned into next week to see what's going to happen. Just the fact that I don't know um, how this match uh, this coming Wednesday on Dynamite could play out between Kenny Oma- or between uh, Adam, Adam, Adam Page and, and Brian Danielson. Danielson. Now that we have judges involved, I, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what the fallout's going to be.
1: So as much as we rag on how raw is too long with three hours, I think, I think um, dynamite should be three hours because they need, no, they need it. I think that's one program. That's one, that's one organization that needs that three hours because they have all that talent and you can't put all that talent on TV and they don't have like a hump and some shows in the network. To show everything, see WWE has networked. They can put other shows that which they don't. They can put other shows and make superstars bigger and make everything else bigger. But they don't. I feel don't like usually, you, are, I, I
0: feel like if you add an extra hour to Dynam or to Rampage, that solves the problem because now you have two two-hour shows over the which course of the week. Which all two touching
2: on, I don't really get what? this. This is going to be a huge argument because you would have to run a separate show in another city because. Rampage is currently pre-taped. So you do it in the same city, the same venue. It costs promotion cost cutting with uh, expenses for having ring gear, travel. It could, it could be able get, to do it that. It could get to the point though, now where if, if we were to go, to go to AW Dynamite, we would be there for almost four hours because they're gonna have to film the YouTube channel. They have to film the, the actual Dynamite. Then you have to film no, an hour no, at rampage. No, 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 no,
1: no, 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 no. YouTube is filmed at daily pace. Okay, good. That is a good that's, show
2: I really don't watch. I'm sorry, I not It's daily
1: now, now, if, let's say let's say if you're if AEW smart and you and you book a town for a two night Wednesday Thursday, and then you have it record you can record or you can have your live broadcast Wednesday and Thursday. Yes, but sitting there recording all your stuff. On on one day, hey, guys, we learned how that did not work out for the WWE in in the 90s.
2: I don't know, man, because, like, if you were to, like, record it, it's better because, like, you can't go to another place live. You have to rent a venue, and it's a lot of
1: fees. We're now in the age of internet. Everyone knows what happens. If you knew what happened on on Rampage before you watched it on Friday, are you still going to watch it?
2: If it's something worth watching, sure, yeah. I mean for the no, most no, part probably, a, for the most part a, it's to its detriment. I'll give you that one. But if it's worth watching,
0: yeah, I'll watch it. If you I'm gonna tune in regardless, but if, if you give me like if you give me a CM Punk versus uh Sonny Kiss, am I am I gonna watch that? <laughs> no. If you give no. me a if you give me a CM Punk versus Darby Allen that's been taped, yeah, I'm gonna watch that. Well doesn't it mean, Darby Allen it could just be another young talent it's, that it's, I, it's, I like. Especially with Rampage, and, and I will say this, sometimes with Rampage. I feel like they throw a match in there. It's kind of like a blow off thing. Like it's a pairing I don't really want to see, but I'm watching for the main event and I'm watching for maybe the opening match. So I guess I got to stick around and watch. You're not going to watch for Hook. You're not going to pay attention to so, Hook. Oh no, I'll watch. You're going to watch for Hook. I'll watch your fucking so Hook. So I don't even start
1: on Hook. Oh. <laughs> so here, here's the thing too, though. If you go look at the Rampages ratings and and everything when they're live, ratings are up. True. Whenever. Taped ratings are low. I think it's because it's on a
2: Friday night. Most people go out and it's after it's at a later time where more people are out and about. Like the demographic that watch it might be out at a bar or with their on a date night. It's on a Friday night.
1: Live shows, the live shows are high. Yeah. Taped shows are low because not just like you, but there's other people like me. If I find out the result, I'm not watching, which I
2: already know what's happening. No, if it's a good match, I'll watch. Shit, I disagree with that. But I do, I agree with you
1: for the most part, but.
0: Well, well, again, I'm not watching on
1: YouTube, it was like but like Tim. I'm not watching the whole card.
0: It's like, oh, if CM Punk is wrestling like a no name wrestler or a wrestler that's very low on the card, wh- I know the result. CM Punk wins. Why am I gonna watch that? Yeah, I if develop. you give me a taped match of like a Darby CM, and it's like, oh, it went 20 minutes and it was a good match, I'll actually watch the recording and see, even though I know the result, I'll sit and watch it. Yeah, you know, because I record it no matter what, and I'm going to tune
2: in regardless. I'm going to sit there and watch it start to finish. No, I'm going to fast forward most of it. But if it's something intriguing, yeah, by all means. Yeah, I'll watch it.
1: But that's the point. The the ratings are not there. But,
2: yeah, I feel like... But I think that's more, like I said, to the Friday
0: night people going out. But, again, to to the point, I feel like if you make Rampage a two-hour show and you do it live, so, okay, so... Adding yeah. two hours to a tape show doesn't work. But if you make it a two-hour live show, I feel like you don't need to add a third hour to Dynamite. You have two you, you have two-hour two shows to tell compelling stories.
1: You know, th- another way they could do that too is Rampage will be always in Jacksonville and it will always be Ed Daly's place. And then you put a third hour on a, uh, on a, on Dynamite on the traveling show.
0: Mm-hmm. Like I said, that,
1: that solves your – one, that solves your your traveling expenses. And two, that's your home right. base, so you're, you're getting it for well, cheap. I want to
2: touch on what you were saying earlier about, like, you know, you're signing these WWE talents. You can't automatically put them over as champions because then it's like me watching WW, WCW when, like, they had, like, Hogan, Macho Man. It feels like, oh, right. you're only getting former WWE stars over. What about your talent? Like, that's kind of how I feel. Let it play out.
0: Well, right. Well, You'll yeah, have that, their time.
2: The just let it unfold,
0: but you also have to you also have to set the board. Yeah,
2: exactly. And you you, you oh, yeah. have
0: to like, all right, this is where this person clearly okay. fits in right now. Yeah, and this is where we're going to be. They'll have their, to their moments. They'll
2: have their moments.
0: Yeah.
1: So, so on that note, for on how you said about about how WCW, how it went, and they put Macho Man Hogan all like that. So that heavyweight belt has been in play for over fifty years at and by nineteen ninety four. We're looking at an AEW championship that's only been three years old. So yeah, you want you want to put your trust me, man. elite if. person people out there because it makes it legit. Because just Because look, at the end of the day, they have 888 followers. You need the two million that's that's watching SmackDown every night to come over, and what what you need that is those people who know those people that's coming from WWE that got released to come over and watch them and if you put a belt on them you might start getting that overflow
2: yeah i just think well i do agree and disagree at the same time it's
0: one of the one of the other things because i've talked about how the a lot of the storytelling has been a strength but if there's one thing i would like to see them improve upon as far as like from a storytelling aspect or another thing that they need to kind of improve on is that Too many times you have, like, interruptions with backstage segments, like whether it be an interview or something like that. You have interruptions like that, then kick-starting a feud. I feel like there's better ways that we can maybe start some of these feuds. Uh, So that's maybe one thing to kind of improve at least the mechanism of creating a feud. But overall, the storytelling in AEW has been one of its biggest strengths. And that's something that Compared to WWE, they're leaps and bounds ahead of them. Just, you have so many talented wrestlers and so many compelling stories to tell. Again, if you want to get me invested and keep me watching on a week to week basis, I am more, I prioritize watching AEW now because I know that at least over the course of what I'm watching, I'm going to be thoroughly entertained. Whereas, with watching a SmackDown or a Raw, I find myself having to fast-forward through a lot of it because it's like, right, this is bullshit. This is bullshit. This is bullshit. You know? So if they can keep doing that, and I feel like the ground, uh, the stage has been set, the groundwork is laid, again, with all of these debuts and everything like that, I feel like 2022, there are a lot of very good, compelling stories to tell. And I feel like they're definitely set up to grow even more going into this new year. Uh, they're in a very good position. So. As I say, any- oh, yeah, yeah, no, too. And yeah I, mean, I mean,
2: the year that was for other promotions, there's not much. Those are the two main ones. I, I, got.
0: I mean, look, the fact that ring of honor is closing up shop and we don't know really when they're yeah, going to be coming back. If, if, they're be if coming they back, come back. Yeah. That's
2: huge. Yeah, look, man, I know I'm, you know, TNK. I'll, I do enjoy Impact, and they really do have some really solid wrestlers. Uh, Moose is your champion. I like Josh Alexander. I think Trauma Girl's doing a great job as your ex um, division champion. They got. They actually have a women's uh, tag team division, which I do respect, and they do have a really good women's division in general. They got a lot
0: of women talent, but I'm just happy that the inspiration are back on the scene. I mean, I was kind. Of, I was sad to see them cut. That was a, that was a women's tag team that had no business being broken up, especially the fact that they didn't really do much with Peyton Royce. So once yeah, when, she when, when she were there and then, I mean, Jesse McKay, um, you know, she was getting over big as, you know, the hand
2: out her resume the floater yeah. trying
0: to, like, make it. Jesse McKay. So you
2: got Casey Lee, Jesse McKay. They're the inspiration. They're together. They're comic duo. They're not good in-ring workers, but they're entertaining. they are no established names. Let them be on there. I just want to give a shout-out to the women's division in Impact Wrestling, because I really do feel they got a good division. And their ex-division's pretty badass, too. I,
0: I don't know. but N- NWA kind of sort of seeing a resurgence. I mean, granted, tiny bit, yeah. it's, it's still not where, you yeah, know, no, it no, was. No. It's nowhere near what it was. I'll never be that, but yeah. But, I mean, the fact that it has a presence on YouTube, the fact that we get a uh, weekly show in power, the fact that, like... You're starting to see kind of a resurgence in interest in like the title picture with the NWA men's and women's belt. I mean, that's a good thing. And I kind of hope that they grow a little bit more. We maybe see more interactions with, Oh my God, uh, dude. with AEW. What
2: was it? Uh, was it GCW Matt Cardona beat was it Nick cage in a death match, became their champion. And then he ended up losing it. Not that long ago, the internet just like blew up. What get yeah, this uh, fanboy.
0: The, the fact that he made the comment that, uh, WWE was my developmental or whatever <laughs> like that. Like the research of a Mac Cardona. Like, Mac Cardona was
2: feuding with moose. And, uh, this is kind of funny. Not funny. I mean, I don't mean like, well, well, you know, we all know it's a work, so I'm not, what I he went to go hit Moose over the head with the chair, Moose ducked, and then he like chair shotted his fiance in the head, Chelsea, with Green. Steel, Chelsea Green. Like, you're like
1: oh, his
0: wife now, his got wife. married. oh,
2: yeah, that's right. And uh, John Morrison made uh, Mr. Cardona his like uh, you know, like because that was the whole thing with the Long Island split, where like I love that with the whole school Zack Ryder storyline, how like his yeah. dad was a bigger fan of John Morrison than his yeah. own son. He's kind of still playing that role now and behind the scenes. And it made me laugh. That made the news earlier today. So I'm just trying to give some other ups from the other promotions. And I haven't really been following new Japan too much because they're not on access anymore. That's more mm-hmm. impact. I do enjoy new Japan. I thought it was cool to see Jay white uh, and make their presence kind of on impact, but mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I am not able to watch it because I don't subscribe. But they they're still doing kickass stuff. But it's still their main guys.
0: That I mean, yeah. I, I feel like the overall quality of New Japan's product has been. It's affected. been the same guys, it's, but
2: they put well, on banger. It's, it's matches. been
0: affected by the pandemic yeah. because, especially like when Japan would go on lockdown and everything like that. If if talent couldn't get over or they weren't living full time in Japan, that affected their ability to work there.
2: But I'm telling you, I'm man, telling
0: you, like the big question was like, with Will Ospreay, dude, like, Will
2: Ospreay is so freaking under like he's he's not known to the level he should be. And I find that to be criminally underrated how great Will Ospreay is.
0: The, the fact that AEW isn't afraid to kick in that forbidden door. Yeah. The, the prospect potentially Dude, of 2022 if you were to see Will Ospreay a versus Ryan Danielson Will Ospreay
2: match. Dude, Will Ospreay versus PAC would tear the fucking yes. house down if you had those yes. two guys wrestle. you know Kota Ibushi versus Kenny Omega in AEW if that was to happen would tear the house down. What we've seen in New Japan, I'm just saying, I'm just thinking like dream matches. But all in all for 2021 I'm a fan. We we saw this podcast 2021. It made me kind of fall in love more with wrestling. It did make me kinda angry at it more too, but yeah, yeah. that's the love hate that you have with this
0: business. I mean I feel like I feel like again, like just at least to sum up AEW, I feel like they've they've improved every year. It's it, it hasn't been there hasn't been a year where we've looked at AEW and been like seriously what the fuck is going we on? We haven't gone that level yet. I yes. feel like I feel like that's kind of been a running theme for years now with WWE. Just when you think it's gonna get good, it drops off a cliff again, and then it gets good. And it, there's been way too many peaks and valleys yeah. with WWE. Whereas so. AEW has been on a consistent upward trajectory. I am very curious to see how both companies develop going into this new year. Is WWE going to start seriously viewing AEW as legitimate competition and make moves to kind of improve their product because AEW is doing? What's they already are. Well, no, they already are, but is it gonna is it gonna yeah. translate into a long-term commitment thing with WWE? Because WWE will do things where you have high hopes, like what the McMahons coming out on TV a couple of years ago and saying, we're giving the power back to the people. We, we are listening to you. We're going to do what you want. And then after about a month, they completely shat on that.
1: I think Vince showed his cojones when the pay-per-view schedule came out and look at Labor Day and they said there's a big opening date and they said it's going to be either these two dates and we're going to go against AEW's pay-per-view.
2: Yeah, Ramsey did yeah. say that. You don't think of them yeah. – you don't tell me, you don't look at those competition, but yet run the same show the same night that they got a show. At, that the, same, at the same yeah.
0: time, though. Okay, again, at the same time, though, the big thing is, are you going to put compelling TV out on the same night as AEW, or are you just going to put shit out there and expect that people are going to tune in just because it's WWE? Like, I
2: look at WWE as I look at certain anime. When it's like, Strictly manga, it's good, but when it's fucking filler that I feel it's more filler lately than it has been manga, I'm not fucking watching. I'm sorry. It's just like most SmackDowns and Raws are just filler. It's just like, why it's the same fucking shit over and over. Like, who's producing this? I've seen this already. Well, again, we
0: don't need to watch the same two people wrestle for six, seven weeks in a row. row.
2: Thank you, yes. You had so much talent, but you're only still utilizing the same ten wrestlers per show, or if that, you know? Like... You know, I don't need to see the same wrestler week in, week out. Give me an attraction, take him off TV. I want to see something new, make it compelling. I mean, yo,
0: we don't see CM so. Punk every week on Wrestling Page or, or on Dynamite. Yeah. We don't see, well, there was a point in time where we were seeing Brian Danielson wrestling every week, and then they did the smart thing, right? the thing with I loved Adam it. Page, they but did no, I loved it, well. it too. But the the fact that it, it gives it more legitimacy when Brian is like, you know what? No, 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 no. Like that that was maybe my mistake. You're friends with the Dark
2: out. Order. You know what? I'm gonna kick every member of the Dark Order's ass until I get to fight you. He made it compelling, and he beat the Dark Order in different ways every single match. I was compelled to watch. They yeah, were good matches. But I mean,
1: I think I think you gotta look into next in 2022 this year. You gotta look in July. Yeah. You got to circle July because July WWE is going to challenge AEW. What are you going to do to combat us? Because they're going to be running two stadium shows. They're going to be running Money in the Bank into a uh, uh, Allegiant Stadium, and then they're going to have SummerSlam at the end of the month at a uh, Nissan Stadium in Nashville. So they're they're saying, "Hey, we're about to put on two big shows."
2: They're doing it in July. And, and I will give WWE this. I'm fi- I'm digging the Saturday events. Mm-hmm. Keep that shit rolling. AEW does it too. They sometimes. only
0: they, they, they only do it for full gear because you know Tony Connus said he he's not gonna go against his own product. He's not gonna go against the NFL. Oh hundred percent. Yeah, that's on, right, on, I forgot about that. In the fall, but then again, like but I also love the fact that of of a Saturday pay per view because again, like I don't want to. Granted, they don't run late, but like if we get together, we hang out, we drink or whatever. We Sunday hang night, out I don't want to be little hung little over, waking up at five thirty in the morning the next day on Monday. Like I like the fact that I have a Sunday to rest to recuperate right after. Scream that out loud, bro!
1: Um, yeah, but also on the other hand, too, is you got you got people like me, who also do. F- you know, is do media in the fight game in boxing and MMA that there are sometimes those Saturdays that go the big cards. If, if everything would have played out correctly for a SummerSlam this year, you know, Hey man, do you have a better match. You got a better boxing match than you do in, in, the, in well, the wrestling
2: you. Yeah. On that night. No. Yeah.
1: You know, if, 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 you know, the thing is it's, it's, it's about, you know, you know, where you're stacking up with the other cards and other, you know especially in other combat sports. Normally UFC and boxing is Saturdays and you know, if UFC gets back on their on their skill before COVID where it's every weekend or every other weekend you have an event, now you're gonna be kinda of compelling because you know, Dana White's not gonna sit there and be like, Oh, you know what, they're gonna be that night? We're gonna be that night, but we're gonna put a better card out you know, it's going to get kind of hard for AEW and WWE to put out those pay-per-views on Saturdays. Yeah, because
2: I, I think wrestling fans are going to be like, we don't really, not, not all of us are MMA fans or boxing fans. MMA, UFC does an event damn near every week, but not every week is it a pay-per-view. It's usually like a weekly event that could be on regular
1: teams. Here's the thing, but if you're, if you're Dana White, if you're Dana White and you say, okay, SummerSlam, like Money in the Bank is going to be on On yeah, early July, uh, July Fourth weekend, July Fourth weekend. Normally, UFC has a big pay per view card. They do that weekend. They got two big ones. That's one of them. Yes, and that's normally like a three three championship card match. I agree with that. So, like, you have to think about it. You know, you you know, if you're in Vegas and you got these, you got the combat fans coming in. You got wrestling fans coming in. It's kind of, it's kind of, kind of like. Doesn't, you know, you're about to see like different things. I
0: was going to say, um, let's close out yeah. the, uh, well, I was going to say, let's close out the, the show with our, uh, our 2021 rankings. Um, yeah, let's just real quick. Yeah. We kind of compiled our, uh, top wrestlers on both the men's and women's side. We got a top 10 for the men's and we got a top five for the women's. um, we have a tie for first place on the men's side with Brian Danielson and Kenny Omega. Um, I know on my list, I had Brian St- uh, yeah, Danielson yeah. one and Omega two. TNK, you had Omega one, Danielson two. Watch, I had
2: Danielson, no, three. Danielson three. three. I had Reigns, yeah. but to your point, I will not argue Brian Danielson being number one. He main invented WrestleMania and now he's on AEW kicking ass. I'm totally hundred percent behind. My thing with Kenny Omega was that he was a champion, but you don't have to be champion. It's like your output of work. Daniel Bryan, Brian Danielson, or well, at the better.
0: Well, no, I mean you could make a compelling argument for Kenny Omega too. Again, the fact that he carried the promotion on his back with a fucked up neck and wrestling with vertigo, I have a whole new level of the respect here. for him.
2: Same here. Other one guy conceder on. I had I've had reigns at two because he's had a great year. Either way, I'm. You're not going to get an argument from. I
0: mean, it. we got Roman Reigns three on our overall list. Adam Page at four. Darby Allen five. Biggie six. Which sadly, again, this is 2021's list. If if this bled into 2022, we'd probably have to drop him down. Yeah. <laughs> after uh, the day one event, but uh, we got Bobby Lashley seven. Adam Cole eight. MJF at nine, and CM Punk rounding out the top ten. Um. Just the fact that Punk is back. You know, granted, has he wrestled as many matches as some of the other people on the list? No, but you know what? Damn it. He's back. He's going to be on the To me, like the number
2: one big up of 2021 is the fact that you had the return, seven years return of CM Punk. God, man, they had two WrestleMania's in New Orleans. There was no CM Punk in wrestling. And now he's back. Like, I don't know. It all seems right in wrestling because of that. On the women's
0: side of the top ten,
1: but I just wanna I wanna compete. I just want to say something that I was had no votes in these in the in the voting of the of the thing. And I was very ashamed that you guys did not have um yeah, who'd Drew McIntyre He was in Anywhere my list
2: was in top, top twenty five but he wasn't in my top ten. I love Drew McIntyre. I wanna see it, him if this was a twenty twenty list. Oh he'd be number one. Absolutely
1: yeah. That year. First thing, first thing. How you just said Kenny Omega carried AEW. First thing, Drew Drew McIntyre wrestled the most matches of any wrestler in the world last year. Mm-hmm. So if you want to talk about somebody consistently carrying, just not WWE, but pretty much wrestling and in, in all, As he was the workhorse of last year. He, that has to be some credit. Well,
0: yeah, yeah no, no I, I'll, I'll Rams one hundred percent on that one. I won't argue that but one. But he lost, he lost the belt. In what March? Uh, yeah,
2: I think late February.
0: Yeah, late yeah late, yeah, late February he lost it, and then after WrestleMania didn't really. But he I, put on banger matches.
2: He wasn't in the championship. He put. On, I, look, I love Drew McIntyre. I wanted to see him. I was really hoping he was healthy, so that way he'd come WrestleMania. He could beat whoever for the belt, and then have his true, uh, reign with in front of an audience. Right. He was robbed of that in 2020, I really did feel for him because he deserved it, and he kicked ass in 2020. And to Ramsey's point, thank you for bringing that up. He does deserve, you know, deserve, deserve his credit.
0: He, I mean, look, he deserves credit. Like I said, when I when I did my list, granted, I did this at like midnight, and I wasn't thinking clearly. I think I originally had Drew on my like throw it up on the board, and, and yeah. you know, try to figure out where I see people. Somehow, I didn't include him. Um, Anywhere on the list, if, if if I had to go back and re rank it, I'd probably have him at like eleven or twelve okay. on my list. But yeah, I, I couldn't, I, I couldn't put him in the top ten with some of the other people I had on my list. But that was that was me. Um, women's side of things, we have Doctor Britt Baker, DMD, number one. Yeah, Bianca Belair, two. Thunder Rosa, three. Charlotte Flair, four, and Raquel Gonzalez at five. Um, I'm trying to think who I had in my top box.
2: I didn't have Raquel house, but I Ramsey did. had her, and uh, what she did for NXT. That was
1: an addition I put in. I put that addition in because I, th- with your with your women's list, you had one had like nine, and the other one had like four. Okay, I'm not um, arguing. And, yeah. and I was just yeah. I was like looking in, and, and I know I watch NXT, and you guys had nobody in NXT. Adam Cole I, and Johnny I did you oh, Sharai sure. my list
0: well because we didn't do a PWI list where we did a separate list for men and women. We literally were like these are top twenty five wrestlers. Yeah, of uh, Randy had while. tag
2: teams I didn't. And I kind of was like, damn it, I
0: didn't think about that. But yeah, yeah. had international stars in there and I didn't. So,
1: but like I said, when I was like looking at the list of the women, and I was like looking at the list, and I was like, there's a lot of. There's a lot of misses and everything, and Deanna Palooza should be in the top five, but she's not in. She was not in the, top the top two top main top companies.
0: Oh No, I, I can I can understand that.
1: Unfortunately,
0: we, we will we will have a better system going forward when we do our twenty twenty two year. We'll review. just
2: do top five men, women, tag teams.
0: Well, we'll no, yes, you no, know, we can do. Yeah, we 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 can keep the same format it's just we will know that there is going to be a separate men's and women's list and we could even throw top 5 tag teams into that mix you know like again Do it. Do it. Learning, learning curve to this like right? learning. We, the, the, so, uh, the 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 marks top list for 2022 will be drastically different when we get there so
1: yeah but uh no I, we'll we have our first quarter We'll have our first quarter top five and then okay. our second quarter top five. And we'll trust. You know, I have a system I have in my mind that we're going to do. So
0: okay. As I say, Over, overall, uh, Ramsey, any closing thoughts you want to throw in?
1: I think it's been um, the last part of this year has been a, Two, twofold. I know in the beginning of the year it's been really hard, especially with all the releases and everything going on with WWE. The second part of the year, it's I think it's since Brock returned, has been an uptick because now you have the exciting Brock is back. And no matter what AEW does, I think the Brock Lesnar is something they cannot touch and they cannot come compete with. I think WWE finds out. I think that's why they put the title on him last night. I mean, Saturday night. And I believe that AEW needs to grow their audience, but to grow their audience, they need to do something because it's not growing as what they thought they were going to be growing. So as great as AEW has been this year, I'm still a little concerned that the audience has not grown after three years.
2: Um, No, I don't want to continue to keep talking about this all night, but, I understand Ramsey's point. I just think you're not touching the return of Sam Punk. I just think that in seven years layoff, he comes back. They had an uptick in uh, ratings to 1.2, but they've been pretty stagnant. But I think that's more to do with the current, the current way wrestling is. You know, there's so much television, so many apps. It's hard to get people to watch something, you know, as big as what it was in its heyday. You're not going to get those ratings anymore. I'm sorry, you're just not. But you hope maybe you can get an uptick to up 1.2, 1.5. I think you could do that. You know,
1: let us see him let, let punk win the title in Chicago. and <laughs> Let's see the way it ratings. You'll get
2: a, you'll get uptick you'll get uptick in ratings for like a week or two or maybe a month, but then it'll go back to being what it was. I think that's just me. But uh, but no, I think twenty twenty one was a good year progression for AEW for sure. WWE up and down. SummerSlam gave me a lot of high hopes with the return of Becky and the return of Brock. I think what we saw this past weekend with a uh, day one, I'm, I'm intrigued. It didn't go necessarily go the way we thought, so that was you know to the detriment of what working with the circumstances that they had. Roman had COVID. You need to plug in a new plan, so it was a big surprise. I like that. We'll see. Let's just see what happens.
0: Yeah, look, again, if WWE can give me more compelling storytelling, if they can keep me guessing, then that will win me over in the long run. I'm getting more of that with the other brand. I'm getting more of that with AEW. And that's why, like, again, you know, I, I only have so many hours a week that I can commit to watching wrestling. Yeah. I'm going to prioritize watching AEW over WWE. And they need to factor that into it. Yeah, so. and, and WWE needs to get me, like I said, they need to get me invested on a weekly basis where I'm like, okay, I have to see what's going to happen, you know? Yeah. Um, so, so, I mean, like I said, if WWE can do that, you know, in 2022, then it'll be great for business all around, you know? I got a,
1: I got a question. Hmm. This is my th- Here's a conspiracy theory for you. Does Roman Reigns has COVID? Does he?
2: I, I actually brought that up to uh, Randy earlier. I was like, does he really have it, or is that just a you know and hint, hink, wink, wink? We ran out of ideas. We don't want to do this match right now. We just did it in Crown Jewel to save it for later. Let's input put Lesnar because Raw re- needs ratings. Let's just insert Lesnar. That'll give Raw ratings, and we can push the Roman Reigns. I'm with you, Ramsey. So,
0: I don't know. Well, side see. note, are, are we going? Are we? Are we on the road to unifying the belts? I think so. I hope so. Because, I mean, like, legit, you could still do separate brands. But if you have one champion that's interacting on both shows, or maybe you have Roman hanging out on Raw for a few weeks, working on a few there, and then he's over on SmackDown for a few weeks, working on a few there, like, you can do that. Mm
2: -hmm. It gives the the Intercontinental United States Championship more prominence. It uplifts those belts because now you have to. That's the way they initially did with the undisputed belt. One month it was Raw. The other month it was SmackDown. Or whatever. every other month or two or three months it was a different brand. I wish they would go back to that. That way it gives the belt way more prestige when you actually win it. So, I don't know. We'll see. I don't think they will. But I think, I think they, they are looking to do champion versus champion. Whether or not it's for the unification, we'll see.
0: I mean I, I just feel like it would it, it would it would help the brand split s- still be a good relevant thing yeah like you could still have the brand split and have one champion yeah and and again you don't necessarily need to see the champion on the show every single week I agree with you I, I don't need, you know, like if, if he's hanging out on Raw over here and he's got a good program with one person over here where we can really put a spotlight on somebody that's challenging. Yeah. And then we go back over here to SmackDown and, and, you know, he's building a good program there. Meanwhile, we're cultivating other people to the forefront over here while the champion's doing his thing on the other show. Yeah. Like, again, it just, it helps build up more wrestlers or like get them better prepared to be in that main event picture. Instead of all of a sudden, like, oh, I want a flute match, and now I'm going to be the event picker. I agree. So that's what I got for my clothes. So. So, I think we're good. I think we're ready to wrap up. Ramsey, what we got on uh, on the table for next week? What's next week's podcast going to be?
1: I think it's heels. <laughs> I don't
0: know. No, we can do that. I'm, I'm told totally that. I will say everything. I I, noticed, I, was, I was telling T and K this earlier, like when I was looking at our uh, OneDrive yesterday, I noticed that you pretty much had all the shows laid out for the next few weeks. We checked it right before we started recording. I was like, where did all the folders go? They're all gone.
1: <laughs> we missed we missed a total of like eight shows the past at the end of the year. So I don't we have backlogs. But then we I, got, got I
2: got two backlog episodes we can always put on. I should have put one out earlier. That's on me. But yeah.
1: But I mean like we have like other topics that we we table and uh, put up for next year. So right now I, I'm gonna relook at the schedule I'm gonna look at things but there's one show that we've been putting off putting off is the heels. We did it when we first started and and our old uh, so, you know, funny. Our even old though we podcast
2: Ramsey, To is saying we did do a Heels show. I don't remember any of it. so <laughs> we, I'm totally I, down I got to one me.
1: for you. I got one for you. I don't have the I don't have the audio. I don't know what happened to it Uh oh, i'm
2: i probably don't have it either i have to check my computer drive
1: No, we'll so i don't know it was on one, we did it, it was one of the first on the phones oh that's right yeah mm-hmm. see how
2: like long ago it was god we haven't even done the show for a year but it feels like we're doing it for two years yep okay i'm you down know, with it, man. dude we were, we
1: were so very gotta, green I, back then i gotta look at some hard drives and see if i could find it okay and then listen to it and maybe but uh, we're just going to re- redo all of our, our top heels, and I'll, I'm going to figure something yeah, out. Yeah, we we're do other top, top, we top
2: 10 heels all time. We'll give our top whatever 10. Seems reasonable, or and we'll just discuss.
1: No, we're going we're gonna to play a little game. Okay. Cool, little that too, or,
0: I know. was going to say, those are some of my favorite episodes when Ramsey comes out with a fun little game. <laughs> so no, I'm, like
1: I'm not going to lie.
2: I really do enjoy them, too. So, yeah.
1: We're, we're I'm going to come up with a game. You know I'm what? Cool. The games
0: would be – well, we're talking
2: about this off-air. But, yeah, let's let's do that. I'm cool with that. Well,
1: wait, but riddle me this
0: though, Are you going to be back in New
2: Orleans uh, next – you said the 15th, so it wouldn't be next week. We'll
1: see. It won't be next week. I'll be there for our, our – so. The 17th will be a thing. The 17th, we will sit down, and we're actually going to commentate our version of – we're going to do our version commentate of the 92 Royal Rumble. Ooh,
2: I like that. 30 years. Yes. I really like that. You want to just sit down and do a watch along or just discuss it?
1: We're just going to do the – we're just going to – we're going to have it on and we're going to be yeah, watching. It about an,
2: hour-long an hour-long match. I'm um, cool with that. Do a little watch along. I dig it. I dig it. 1992. That's one of the
1: better Royal Rumbles.
2: Hell yeah. Yep. Yeah. Cool. Right, I know. Sign I'm me up for that.
1: For that. And, and then the next, the next week we'll do our ultimate Royal Rumble.
2: So next week – you, you want to say that for the week after 92, or do you want to do that next week?
0: So, no, that's going, going to be after, after okay. 92. And then the week we're after, after do 8, 92, Rumble. And
2: then we get to that, we'll do all. Okay.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. Awesome.
2: Let's do it. Boom. All right. Well, you want to
0: sign off, I guess?
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll get talk, so. yeah, I was going to say, I,
0: I feel like we've what, been doing three hours of uh, of a podcast yet again. We always say we're going to shorten these things, and we never do. Hey, man, we had not been on for a while, so I'm just glad to talk to you guys. <laughs> yeah, I was but... going to say, we had a lot of pent-up nerding out we had to do, so never a dull time. Uh, thank you all for sitting here and listening to us uh, rage ramble. on, man, ramble on. But uh, we appreciate you all listening. We love doing this show. Thank you for sticking around with us. Uh, Ravishing Randy, signing off. Total nonstop time. Or so TNK, listen.
2: You don't even know
1: your name. It's, anyway. I saw, Kirk, I it's almost midnight. Spread. I was say tuna, almost say like, Midnight. <laughs> so. Hey guys, you say it's almost midnight. It's almost one o'clock in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> Eastern
2: time. Holy Ew, crap! Man, forget about that. Indianapolis or Indiana? That's Eastern time. Damn, bro. <laughs> uh, I, forget, I forget <laughs> that. I should know that because <laughs> I've been there. Yeah.
1: Or from a nice chilly, what's temperature right now? Twenty-two degrees from Indianapolis. Yeah, pretty Brisk. cold. <laughs> Rampage is going to warm up. <laughs>
0: All right, y'all. That'll, uh, that'll that'll do it. That'll do it. So, see y'all next week, guys. Deuces.